And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Howdy, and welcome to the... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Where are we? Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> welcome to the Great Movie Spot, a retrospective film review show, the podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Nick Fulton. I'm Dylan Clare. And I'm Jana oh, Gardner. Boy. Oh, boy. We're back. <laughs> we are back. Uh, we are back. And on this week's episode, we are discussing... The television show Nashville, which ran for 124 episodes over six seasons on ABC, starring Connie Britton as legendary country music superstar Raina James and Hayden Panettiere as up-and-coming star Juliet Barnes. Sure did. What's your fa- What's your favorite episode of uh, the ABC hit show Nashville, Dylan? Uh, I would say it's probably Forever and Always season four, episode 11. That's a great one. Jana? <laughs> <laughs> Was that amazing improv on your part, Dylan, or did you guys coordinate something I wasn't aware of? Or did you just know I, I, I was going to do this? I thing? was in the middle of typing Nashville into the Google search already because I <sighs> wanted to get the Wikipedia pulled up. And because it's got the worst fucking SEO of any title we've had, I can't get it. So I was perfectly in the position to just type in best episode onto what I was already typing. I'm pretty sure um, that show ends up killing off Connie Britton's character. I don't know. That's just, did that's she, just, took, did she have it coming, though? Uh, yeah, she had it coming. I think Nashville is like vaguely a similar plot to the movie Country Strong. If anyone remembers the Gwyneth Paltrow movie Country oh, Strong, sure. um, yeah. No, I don't think I ever saw an episode. Sorry, Nashville. Other Nashville. It's too bad. Okay. Actually, on this week's episode, we are going to be dis- discussing 1975's Nashville. No relation, apparently. I always assumed that it was like some. The TV show is like some BS, like ripoff, trying to capitalize on the the hot success of a fifty year old T- movie. Turns turns out Nashville is just a kind of a important location in in country music, and therefore who knew? Uh, yeah, it was written by Joan Tewksbury, starring among many others Karen Black, Shelley Duvall, Geraldine Chaplin, Lily Tomlin, Ronnie Blakely, and directed by our old buddy Robert Altman. Bobby. Second Altman. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby A. We, it's pretty close. Like, it wasn't that long ago that we talked about another Bobby A movie. Yeah, McCabe, just a couple months yeah. back. I mean, it was like two episodes ago. Yeah, it was yeah. like episode wise, it was a it while was, ago. It was not that long ago. In real lifetime, it's been it's been a little while. Uh, this is one that we've all seen before, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you had just a while ago. Nick, I thought this was your first watch. No. No, McCabe was. This is this this is the one that I I think is like maybe my favorite Altman. Although California mm. Split is uh, definitely up there. Interesting. So, Jana, um, yes. what were your uh, what were you bringing to this on a rewatch? Um, when yeah. did you see it first? I, so I watched it. I think a couple of years ago. I think twenty twenty. Um, I got the Criterion Blu-ray, and I love Robert Altman and so many of his movies and this was kind of a massive blind spot for me um and so i finally checked it out in 2020 um and i remember like it's a lot of movie right i mean even for an altman movie it's a lot of movie (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so i going into the rewatch i 
remembered all like the major points, but there's it's just impossible to remember um, everything that happens in this movie, all the characters, all the moments, all that stuff. Um, so it, it's a rewarding rewatch, I think, in that way, because you can find a lot of new stuff in it. Um, but yeah, it's not one of my favorite Altman's. I could see it maybe getting there, but I just I like all of his movies really so much that, that doesn't mean all that much in context. Yeah, like if, I still love it. It's just like middle Altman for me. If you had to pick your favorite Altman, what would it be? Uh, McCabe. McCabe. That's what I thought. Yeah. I was answering for for you. Yes. I like. Yeah, I was like, no, no, McCabe I is like, like an like, all-time. Of course, it is McCabe. Yeah, it's yeah. McCabe. I, that's what I thought. Uh, McCabe, shortcuts, um, long goodbye. Those are like. I think long goodbye movie. would be my favorite. Yeah. But those are those are my top, but they're they're. Uh, everyone that I've seen, except for Doctor T and the Women, is good. So. Oh, you've had so many thoughts on that one on the McCabe episode. Um, I've avoided most of his bad movies, other than that one. But. Yeah. Dylan, what about you in Nashville? I saw it a long time ago. This was like a movie I saw in high school, probably, and I was like, "It's okay." And I've seen scenes since, and it's like I, th- I think I, I misevaluated it, and it and because of that, it's been one I've wanted to see for a while now. But at the same time, I I don't know how often I can sit down and watch like three hours of no plot, no offense, and like, but bad, I'd need to be in the right mood, a, and a lot of sad and bad things happening to people yeah. like it was so funny as, as Matt was a lot of good music though oh, great music as Matt was leaving for work this morning and I was putting on like the last bit of the movie um and uh what's her name wait it's nine o'clock your time what when did you... what <laughs> what we're we're, we're we're an early morning sort over here uh this was like seven thirty or something um on a Sunday morning I know um but Shelly Duvall was on screen and Matt was like oh yeah Shelly Duvall yeah she's so great um and then he's like Something really bad's gonna happen during this movie, right? And I was like, you know, honestly, not her. Not, not her. Like you would think she's the one that something really bad happens to. He's like, oh, I'm just thinking of like all the other female characters. It's like, yeah, pretty much. Like, yep. a lot of varying degrees of bad stuff, but uh, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of sort of emotional exhaustion for me. Like in a good way, not in a bad way. I think it's on purpose. But oh, some bummers in this thing. Yeah, the movie's kind of a sneaky bummer in a way. Like, obviously, the ending, it's very overt. But uh, it's got such, like, a goofy tone mm-hmm. at times. Like, everything Geraldine Chaplin is doing is so goofy. and uh, She's so uh, goofy. Suleen is very goofy until it's, until like, it's quite not. upsetting. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I told Matt. I was like, that's who you're thinking. I was like, you're thinking of this other lady who uh, yeah. goes through some shit. Um, but, yeah. No, I think that's exactly right. And I think... One thing I sort of noticed on a rewatch is Dylan, you commented like you'd seen like scenes from it here and there. I think it is greater than the sum of its parts. Like I think it works, I think I'm using that expression correctly. I think it works really well taken as a whole. Like there are good individual Mm -hmm. scenes, especially good individual music numbers. But to me, the effect of it is really the entire thing as it comes together. And like specifically that like finale sequence like, just gives me a stomachache, like, <laughs> watching the entire thing play out. It's so stressful. Is this the best uh, movie poster of all time? Which one? The one with the microphone? Yeah. It's pretty good. 
It's pretty good. Yeah. Although I like the Criterion cover, too, which is a different cover, different poster. Yeah. The people the, are red stripes in the flag, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone change their uh, Nashville poster over the I weekend? I think mine is the, uh, the, the microphone. I, th- I don't I, think I changed it. The microphone it, poster is so iconic. I believe that's the default. It is the default. It is the default. Yeah, and I don't think I changed it. I think I looked to see if there was anything that like piqued my interest. We're talking about on oh, yeah. Letterboxd. You can now, if you're oh, a yeah. patron, you can now change like the uh, display that's poster. That's the recent breaking news in Letterboxd land is you can change yeah. posters now, and it is uh, a real Obsessive. time suck of an activity. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like I wasn't wasting enough time just in my day-to-day life, so I'm really Staring glad. Staring at Letterboxd? Yeah. yeah, this is really needed to spend more time on that website. I can spend time changing a picture that no one will notice. Right. <laughs> so this movie, we've talked about it before uh, with regard to the sight and sound poll, mm-hmm. which by the time this... The new one should be out real soon. Right, the last September. One came it's out, mid-September. I, I think the last one came out in August of 2012. Okay. Maybe it was September. It was, it was like late summertime. Um, so it should be coming out pretty soon. But in 2012, it was 132 on the director's poll and 73 on the critics' poll. And I know we've talked about it because Benny Safdie voted for it. That tracks. Um, I, yeah, I think the other notable ones are Joe Swanberg voted for it. Oh, interesting. And uh, Armand White voted for it. Oh, Armand. Because <laughs> I think we've talked about his list before because I know Laventura is on it. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it then. And he's got he's got a solid list. He's He's a very uh, good writer when he's talking about things he likes and not, like, rambling about cancel culture or whatever. Right. He can be a very, very good writer, which is why it's upsetting that he's very often... Uh, yeah. Do you insane. know what else is on <laughs> Joe Swanberg's list? Uh, I looked at it real briefly, but no, tell oh. us. Oh, no, I don't know. I was hoping you knew. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I have it right here. Ah. So um, I closed the tab, but I can open back up. Uh, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. So that's four movies. The movie Carol. Uh, <laughs> keep the movie going. Ted, I was like, keep going. The I movie hope, Ted. I hope every the movie. movie. Alice and is there a movie called Bob? I'm sure Probably. there is. Um, I hope every movie on his list is an Elliot Gould movie. So continue. <laughs> uh, Crumb. Oh. David uh. Holtzman's Diary. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Dillinger is Dead. Spoilers. Uh, the Graduate. Look. <laughs> Love in the Afternoon, um, La Mamanet La Poutine, Nashville, Two Lovers, and We Won't Grow Old Together. Okay. So a lot of French stuff. Yeah, interesting. Not a lot of French stuff. Some French stuff. Three French things. I was, just, I was just thinking about Joe Swanberg this week because I watched this uh, little horror movie that came out earlier this year called Off Season that he just acts in. He just is the husband in mm. that movie. And it's so funny when he just pops up acting in is he a good actor i don't know that i've seen he's him he's perfectly um serviceable as like okay. spoiler alert for off season a husband who's uh, gonna get real killed uh in that movie so he's good in that is he only like is it is he doing like all improvisatory <laughs> type right he's just mumbling and just sort of going on yeah. tangents um no i would i literally like if i didn't know what he looked like i would have had no idea he wasn't just like a random actor so not that was okay because i find uh whenever i see either of the duplasses on screen um mm. their just whole vibe distracts me yeah. I, I, I can't with them <laughs> no that's fair apologies that is no. fair although i will say i, I won't apologize for my feelings it's like entire, <laughs> entire tangent but 
I have an easier time because Mark Duplass. Um, yeah. I knew from watching the league before the league. I knew he was even a filmmaker. So I was just like, oh, he's just like a comedy guy. Like he's an actor. And then I was like, oh no, it turns out he's a filmmaker. Okay. That's actually the only thing that I um, find him tolerable in. Yeah. <laughs> he's good in that. But yeah, his, uh, what is he? He's like the morning show now. I don't know. Maybe that's the other brother. No, he is. One of them's it's, in the morning show. It's wild. It's wild. That's what I've heard. All right. Sorry. Digression over. Oscar talk. Yes, we really need the Oscar this is talk because this was Oscar. best year. So the 1976 Oscars, um, this got, I think, five nominations. Should have written that down. It's fine. I've got the whole page up. So it was nominated for, let's talk about picture. Um, this was nominated for Best Picture alongside Jaws, Dog Day Afternoon, Barry Lyndon, and winning is a movie I think you're not that high on it, right, Dylan? I mean, not that high on it as in I give it a, a soft four out of five stars. Okay. But like, yeah, because I, I think it's a, I think a it's a pretty good damn movie. Like, it's just obviously the worst for me out of the five. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, I remember really liking it. That set out of these five, uh, with the caveat that I haven't seen it in maybe 20 years. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I think, is the weakest of these five. What do you think, Jana? Um, I have seen Nashville and Jaws, and those are both good movies. <laughs> you haven't seen Dog Day? You haven't seen Cuckoo's Nest? No, I haven't seen any of those other three movies. I know. I was just Dog re- Day is such a you movie, I though. know. I was just reading about Dog Day Afternoon because it just, like, that movie takes place. It was just the anniversary of, like, the real event or something. There's, like, yeah. a bunch of articles mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, it was just the 50th anniversary of the real event in 72. And so I was just reading a bunch about Dog Day Afternoon. It does sound like something I'd be really into. You'd um, be so yeah. into it. And it, it's Al Pacino's best performance. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I will I will definitely catch up with it. You know, I haven't seen Barry Lyndon. I'm waiting for the right time to watch Barry Lyndon. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I've never seen Cuckoo's Nest because uh, I always thought it would be That upsetting. I'm surprised by because it's such a big, like, Oscars. Yeah. Like, this, kind of a pinnacle Oscar I will say like an, it's a, a very notable Oscars because this ran the table. Right. Until like five ish years ago, I hadn't seen any of these movies that, on this list. <laughs> like, so this is just like a weird era for me. Um, and then I finally saw Jaws a few years ago and then Nashville. So I'm, I'm slowly catching up. Um, a- any chance era, you've seen but... Omricord? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fair that, that got a screenplay and a direction nomination, and I feel like it's kind of like the sixth movie mm-hmm. of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's an interesting uh, thing, is that the directors line up with the best picture, only Jaws was swapped out for Amarcord. Oh. And have you guys seen, oh, I've seen the, the video. Uh, video reaction? Of the video Spielberg. reaction of Spielberg is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, a very young Spielberg just being... being I think... I think rightfully kind of cranky about. I, mean, I don't know. I feel like Fellini taking your spot isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, but if you're like a 20 a something filmmaker and you make this huge hit that's nominated for Best Picture, and he, he's not aware that he's going to spend the next yeah. half a century being yeah. the director that people know. He can he literally he win the Best Picture he's and Best be Director a, Oscar this year. I was going to say, yeah, he didn't know that in 2022 yeah. he's probably going to win Picture and Director, so. Yeah. He doesn't Yeah, he doesn't know that he is going to be a billionaire. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> with a billionaire with a B, which I'm pretty sure is true. If not, it's very close to I feel like true. we, in one episode, looked up, or I definitely have looked up how much he's yeah, worth, yeah. and it was a little bit less than I thought. But I'll tell you one thing. There's, it's more than one B. It's four Bs. Spielberg? He's worth four Bs? 
He's worth four Bs. Good for him, man. I know Lucas <laughs> is. I didn't know he was. Good lord. Lucas is only five point three. He's not that far. Yeah, but he got he Lucas. got like four of those from selling Lucasfilm to Disney. <laughs> like all I know. Swoop, That's so. what's crazy is Spielberg didn't need to sell shit. He just mm-hmm. made. Well, he had his own, yeah, his own studio and everything. I guess, I guess that. Oh, that's right. That's a good way to make some money. Yeah, he's uh, DreamWorks and all that. That that'll that'll get you some money. Um, no, I haven't seen Armacord. We've talked a little bit about how Armacord is also a very you movie genre. In I think. this era, um, it's, it was, seems like something we've discovered from going through these Oscar years and going through the book is like. It was so much more common for these foreign films, especially like French and Italian movies, to mm-hmm. just be director, screenplay, nominations, even wins sometimes. And it's so funny because when it happens now, it, it's always kind of like, ooh, novelty. Like this director who directed a foreign language movie is getting in or whatever. And yeah, it, it like used to. The, every five years you get a Pavel Pavlikowski or, exactly. or a Hanukkah or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah. yeah. Yep, but yeah, it used to be a lot more common, which I think is interesting. But yeah, poor, uh, poor Spielberg. He he got his in the end. Yeah, Nick, how how would you rate? Jokes on Fellini. He's dead and not a billionaire. (laughs) He's shit, Fellini. (sighs) How would I rank the five of them? And I think Uh, Arbicord throw in there if you've seen it. I haven't seen that. Um, I would probably go Barry Lyndon. Jaws Nashville Dog Day Cuckoo's Nest, I think. I don't feel that confident about that ranking. But I'd probably go Barry Lyndon, Dog Day, Jaws, but those two can switch. Maybe I Yeah, Dog Day is another one that I haven't seen since around the time I saw uh Cuckoo's Nest, like high school college. So it's been a long time for me. And then Nashville went fluid Cuckoo's Nest. And Omicord might be second for me if I threw it in. Yeah. Y'all need to see Omicord. It's dope. I've, once I finish the uh, the Bergman box, I'm going to start cracking into the big uh, Fellini box. Woo! Let's go. So this got two Best Supporting Actress noms, mm. Ronnie Blakely and uh, Lily Tomlin. This is her, Lily Tomlin's first uh, on-screen role. Wow. She'd been like what? a comedian. She'd been a comedian and in, in, in uh, stage plays, but never in a film before. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. They both lost to Lee Grant mm-hmm. um, from Shampoo. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen Shampoo? Yeah. I I'm, I'm not as big a fan of Shampoo as, as a lot of the other like new Hollywood movies from that era. Shampoo is like weirdly like my favorite new Hollywood movie. Especially Hal Ashby, Ashby movie. Yeah. I haven't I saw It's your favorite new Hollywood movie? It's like as far as that sort of like new Hollywood mentality of Altman and Ashby's and stuff, like mm. I'm not gonna put it above Barry Lyndon, but I don't think Barry Lyndon is like a that's not new. Yeah, it's not a quote unquote new Hollywood, new Hollywood yeah. movie. Um, I, I fucking love Shampoo. Did, I think Lee, uh, Lee Grant definitely deserved I saw it. Kovacs. I haven't. I saw it when I was like really young, like way too young to be watching. Wait, Shampoo. How, how how young are you talking? Like I don't know, eight or basically, ten. Basically. Every scene, he's like screwing another. Girl. I know. I think I was like my my friend's older brother, who's like a half brother, um, was like a teen and was watching it, and we were definitely like eight years old or ten years old, and we're like, oh, oh we want to watch God. this too. And uh, yeah, too young. Another um, movie where it's like sort of in the background is like a coming election 
stirring up a pot. I mean, oh, yeah, 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 because it takes place in '68. But I mean, all these movies coming out in '75 that that tracks. Um, but man, yeah, I should I should rewatch it just for the the Warren Beatty, Julie Christie, uh, McCabe. You should watch for the Carrie Fisher cameo. Oh yeah, I do. I do remember that. Wild moment. Yeah. I think the best uh, thing that Lee Grant was ever involved in was Ransom for a Dead Man, which I believe is either the first or second episode of Columbo. Oh, sure, yeah. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And the only Oscar this movie won was Best Original Song, which was Keith Carradine's I'm Easy. Mm-hmm. And really movie... bad song. I'm sorry. That's that a weird a take. Oh, okay. That was, <laughs> that's a, a fucking amazing song. Uh, you know, right. Name like Dylan, five best original songs Dylan, that have actually been Sometimes you come in than, with easy. hot takes. I fully believed that was a, a genuine opinion you had, and I was just yeah. like, okay. <laughs> that's the scene of the movie. I know. It is. Well, yeah. it's the scene of the movie, and I also just love that like these performers just like wrote these songs. Like Keith Carradine. Yeah, yeah that's what Keith I was Keith Carradine say. has an they Oscar. All... He wrote and performed the song. Like it's wild. Um, it's a really good performance. It is. It too. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's so good that like Lily Tomlin orgasms Pretty in the much. middle of it, basically. Yeah. There is one song in the movie that the um, performers do not, or the, the writer did not perform mm. in the film. And that is the song that Tom, what is it? Tom, Bill, and Mary or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom's trio sings mm-hmm. together. I think it's called Since, you, Since You've Gone. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Since, Since You've Been, been gone. gone. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. The Kelly Clarkson yeah. song? Yeah, Kelly Clarkson wrote this. No, it was written by Gary Busey. Really? What? Because Gary, Gary Busey was supposed to be the other guy in the band, and he uh, wrote that song and then had to uh, leave the film because he started in a TV show or something like that. So they recast him kept his song with that and that is a other guy gary Busey original it's a great song yeah it is i well that's that's why i thought you were gonna be like oh and that was actually written by bob dylan or something you know what i mean like that was gonna be yeah no it's no it's the craziest person you've heard of (laughs) in all of hollywood (laughs) could have have given me a thousand guesses and i wouldn't have landed on gary but yeah that but uh, yeah all, all the so ronnie blakely i think ronnie blakely was like more of a singer than an actor yeah really um Lily Tomlin, not much of a singer, I gotta say. Yeah. Seeing her perform with like the gospel choir is very funny. It is very funny. I, that that opening scene is a crack up. Yeah. Yeah, the opening the, scene. Especially, is great. So, and we'll get into this, but like the cross cutting between her, like just wilding out with the the black choir, and then Hal Haven's like, or Haven really, Hamilton. Or, Hal, yeah. Uh, oh, I Hamilton. get all there. I guess I say his name in very different variations all the time. <laughs> Yeah, but, but he's, like, singing about, like, the American Revolutionary War and yelling at the piano player named Frog. I can't. He wants Frog. pig. It's, it's I, real good stuff. I think one reason... I, don't, I, can't, I shouldn't even say I struggle with this movie. This movie is great. Um, but, like, I can't... Like, Haven Hamilton makes my skin crawl so much. And he's <laughs> definitely one of the characters that's on screen the most out of the ensemble. And every time... And I... I think it's kind of the point. Like, I, I think he's supposed to Oh, be. of course it's the point. Uh, although, we'll He's talk... one of my favorite characters. He'd be in my top five. Oh, I just... He's so good. He's, he's a, like, a well-drawn character, but I just... Uh, uh, everything he does in this movie just makes my skin crawl. Um, so he'd be in your top five, Dylan. So if we were to, <laughs> say, do a draft in which we yes! pick five characters, and you were to have the first pick... 
I don't know. What I would I pick him first overall? I feel like you gotta. You you have to. You, you have know to what? I'll, I'll pick Haven. I'll pick Haven number one overall. Okay. I, I don't I, think I, he's I think the you character to... I personally like the most, but he's the one when he comes on screen. I'm like, fucking shit's about to go down. When he when uh, what's uh, Ronnie Blakely's character's name? Um, Barbara Jean. Bar Barbara Jean. When Barbara Jean gets shot and he just gets on the mic and he's like, "Folks, this ain't Dallas. This ain't Dallas. This ain't Dallas." <laughs> okay, let's just jump to that's that real fast. That's, that's a great line. <laughs> let's jump to that real fast because, okay, Ebert writes about that moment in the essay <laughs> as if it's some sort of triumphant Haven Hamilton does the right thing. Mm -hmm. That no, that's the sickest shit I've ever seen. Exactly, it is so dark. It is so deranged, and literally. Ebert writes about it in the essay, like, that is Haven Hamilton stepping up and doing the right thing. And I was like, what on earth are we Except talking about? There's, there's, there's a person who's Barbara Jean on the ground, yeah. bleeding out, no, no, so he, has, he could he pretend like... Carry her off. I know, I know. No, but, like, I know, he, but it's insane. He, he, he She's still on the ground, and he turns around, and is just like, start this ain't Dallas. And this ain't Dallas. Telling people to start Yeah, it's, it is utterly deranged. I think the ending is so dark, and... Ebert writes about it in his essay, like it's a triumphant moment of, of Haven Hamilton doing the right thing, and it blows my mind. Um, anyway, that's been. I'll, I'll take I'll take Haven overall. You're taking I, so this is the thing. If we're drafting, and this is snakes style, drafting. um yeah. I'm gonna get the turn, and I feel like I might miss one or two after you guys that are my favorites, but I'll get Haven and then two on the turn. That is that is a good thing for me. Haven. Jenny, you want to go next? Sure. Um, I'm going to take uh, Linnea, Lily Tomlin's character. That right, that'd be right. my that would have probably overall. been my first choice if yeah. I wasn't already committed to, to Haven. Haven. I was basically driving a little car around with a little speaker on the top, talking about Haven Hamilton <laughs> in that moment. Oh lordy! All right, so I get two, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Tom. Obviously. Good Obviously, pick. like pick. that's the next pick, yeah. And then I think the obvious next pick after that is Barbara Jean. Yeah. Oh man, so Nick. I'm, I'm going very, very, very yeah, obvious. He's, he's very, I thought, I thought, these are some chalk picks, but they uh, are. You guys listen to the uh, '80s comedy draft with, uh, mm -hmm. right on the big pick, yeah. And they're all like, "Fuck, Chris Wright actually drafted like a normal person." Yeah. And this was me. Like I thought Nick was gonna fuck around and pick Goldblum on a tricycle and. You know, that's Damn. a good good pick. Um, it, it would be a good pick, but like the the best characters after that are Tom. And, that's a uh, that's Barbara a Jean. that's like a, a clear fifth pick where like you round out your list with something silly. Yeah, exactly. He's exactly. he's not a he's not a first or second round pick. Like that that would be madness. Jana, what's your? I next mean, pick? part of the problem is, am I drafting based on no Jana, characters I, know I like? Is. Characters I like, you know, versus characters that are like dynamic. Who's uh, to say? <laughs> we have we have to make our own uh, judgments here. I don't Jenna, like that. If you don't do what I think you're about to do, well, you're going to be sorely. You're going to you're going to hurt yourself. There's no way you're not picking who I think you're about to pick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I feel. <laughs> now I feel like I just need to swerve. Look, maybe maybe, maybe we're I'm trying, trying to, like, to push you that into that. Yeah, maybe we're trying to DQ into picking a 
I know, I know. It's hard to think of a bad well, character. The comment, but... the, the joke I made when we talked about this doing doing this yesterday You're was in fact was in fact a joke I was making, by the way. Um, but now I feel like I'm backed into that corner. Um, yeah, you are. Yeah, I guess. I just all these guys are such jerks. Um, all right, fine. Pick, I'll, Mar- I'll, pick Martha. I was gonna say I wanna... the, the dying aunt. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> F- 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 Esther. Esther is the dying aunt. Um, yeah, Martha is. Uh, oh, Martha the, is Martha L.A. Jones. It's L.A. Joan. Yeah. Esther okay. is Janet dying is now aunt. about yeah. to pick. I'll take her. It's fine. There it is. L.A. Joan. Yeah, right. LA Joan. I'm, I'm going to give her the respect of calling her L.A. Joan and not Martha. Yeah. Um, and her wigs. Her wigs alone are like their own character in this movie. Her out. Her outfits are fucking out of control. Unbelievable. In this movie. Oh my god. Unbelievable outfits. God. Man, so you got Lily Tomlin and Shelley Duvall. I did, yeah. Nick has Tom and... Barbara Jean. Barbara Jean. So I went very, like, musically oriented. Yeah. You, you, you did. Um, to be fair... Although I guess you Haven, sort of have as well. Haven has the have most Haven, songs yeah. in the movie. Like, sure I'm, does. The song that he sings... So we don't even really need to do, like, a plot breakdown. It's, no, this no. is what we're going to we'll get. We'll give the plot. It's people hanging out. There's a guy who's running for president. Elliot of, Gould uh, shows up in the sexiest shirt I've ever seen. He, the replacement which, party. Which I think that my... So Elliot Gould was just in town, and, like, Altman was like, hey, do you want to yeah, come yeah. be in the movie? Yeah, yeah. So, that. <laughs> hey, so I, I assume that means that that was Elliot Gould's actual outfit, like, himself, yeah. that he was wearing that day. Which... What a look. It's, he's like a tunic. It's like a bright tunic. People should look it up if they haven't seen it. I, I like the way they define Elliot Gould as he was married. He was married to Streisand. Yes. <laughs> the, the way Opal reacts to seeing Elliot Gould is just about exactly how I would right. react to Elliot Gould another showing up at a house. reason why Haven Hamilton drives me insane when he's like so like rude about it and even elliot gould is like it's really mm-hmm. okay like what it okay whatever like ugh. <laughs> Haven. all right sorry and that's why i'm i think i'm gonna go opal yeah i think, yeah. I, think opal I don't know good. this is the thing I, I feel like i'm gonna make a mistake here i ha- oh. i'm thinking so opal. you went with like two of the biggest assholes in the movie I, <laughs> aside from my I, I am going ass I'm, i might be going full She's- asshole the ones I'm, I'm, I'm thinking just picking, are like the nice people. <laughs> That's my yeah. I I forgot. No, you're like, picking I remember... the dope people. You got Lily Tomlin and Shelley Duvall. I know, like I know. I remember Opal being very like goofy the first time I watched, but I'd forgotten how much of just like a vapid asshole she is. She is <laughs> fucking awesome. She, <laughs> she is the she besides the Haven. She is the sickest shit you see on screen. Like when <laughs> she really when is. she's like pretending to be so horrified by the car crash, and she's like oh the the. Why isn't, my, why isn't my cameraman? The mangled bodies. This is America. Yeah. I, like, I saw somebody's leg. It's like, wow, okay, Opal. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't that bad of a crash. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it was multiple cars, but they all kind of they just They all just like, kind of like slid in. Like, you know, nothing, nothing got flipped or mangled. It was just a bunch of cars no, like Jack no. and on the freeway. Yeah. Or, or my other favorite Opal part is when she's in the school bus part of the... Uh, oh, yeah. She's like yellow, the color of caution. It's oh, great Lord. stuff. Um, I think I'll go opal. Okay. You got think, one more. Yeah. You do I want? Okay, so I I'm going between three. I think. Do I want to go full asshole with Ned Beatty? Rough stuff. Do I want to go funny with Jeff Goldblum? 
but I think I might God do I want to do the presidential candidate we never seen? <laughs> How Philip Walker? How Philip Walker? Yes. So the plot of this movie oh, is yes. basically they're they're sort of trying to have a concert for this guy who's running in the replacement party. Mm-hmm. Who we never see. He just kind of drives around and says crazy things like maybe maybe the church should be taxed. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one is is we need to change the national anthem. Oh no! No one knows what the words like, yes. are. Well, it's just like, like no one knows. The what dude kind of rules. Oh I for God. sure would have voted for him. <laughs> I would fucking vote for this guy so hard. That national anthem rant is the weirdest one. Um, That's the best one. It's the weirdest one. Uh, Lord. Um, I I'm gonna go with my heart and a character I think is very underrated, and I'm probably gonna hurt myself because of it because he's not like a staple. Oh, no. But I'm gonna go with Mr. Green, the guy that owns the the uh, Martha's. L.A. Jean's uh, uncle, who owns oh. the um, Stop House, because I feel like he has a very, very underratedly good arc and something completely different from the rest of the movie. And if I pick two of the greatest assholes in the movie, I think I need to. You got to balance that. I, p- I got to pick the nicest guy as well. So, is his name just <sighs> Mister Green? Does he have a first name? I'm looking at the I Wikipedia. Don't... His name is Mister yeah. Green. Okay. All right. Poor guy. Yeah. Oh, that's Keenan Wynn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Dak Guano himself. Um, <laughs> okay. Jana, who do you have next? Um, I also am going to take a, a smaller character that I thought is, was who Dylan was maybe about to take. Um, Are you about to take the pick I was thinking about taking next? I don't know. I'm taking Wade. Suleen's <sighs> friend and all around good guy Wade. Uh, oh, I thought so about good. Wade too. Yeah, I I, th- I thought I would be able to get Wade on the next turn. No, I felt pretty he was confident next about on my it. list. Next on I'm, my I'm, list. I'm pretty so freaking good. bummed. I thought you guys would overlook him. No. I was gonna be like, I'm gonna get the two assholes and the two nicest guys on on the block. Ugh, so Wade, yeah, he's great. Just re- just calls it like he sees it. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm, a dude. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty beaten up about that, Jana. That that yeah. was yeah. a sneakily good pick. Yeah. Ugh. And also you're All just right. picking the, the coolest fuckers I'm just in the in this movie. I, yeah, I'm trying. <sighs> Nick, you picked all, all right. fastballs on the last one. What are you gonna do next? I, I feel like this is also just still going chalk, but I'm gonna pick Suleen. She's okay. like the yeah. most yeah. aside from Barbara Jean, I think the most tragic character in this because Absolutely. she's in this town of That's the this biggest town chalk of country music and she just yeah. she's just like incapable of doing what she wants. Yeah. I was gonna take her My next mom gave me a here. My mom gave me a look when she was like dancing in a robe in front of the Aww. mirror singing the worst like vocal performance yeah. I've ever seen and I, I was like mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of the point. Yeah. Poor Suleen. Yeah, she's... Ugh. Anyways, uh, for my fourth pick, I'm going to... She should have listened to Wade. She yeah. should have listened to Janice. She really should have. Yeah. yeah, but she's she's sort of like uh, blinded by stardom. Yeah. You wonder if she'll try to continue. She never did get to perform with Barbara Jean. She did not. No. Uh, for my fourth, speaking of uh, the ending, I'm going to pick Albuquerque. Okay, yeah. Uh, who is Winifred Albuquerque. Yeah. Damn it! That's who I, I would have taken next to. That was going to be my turn. It was going to be Wade and Winifred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
felt confident. Yeah, so she's the singer who sings the song at the end. Yeah. It don't worry me. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful singer. That's the wonderful most performance. Knocks, it out, of, knocks um, it out of the park. But yeah, uh, yeah, rough stuff uh, in that moment. Um, okay, so I have two picks left. Pick one number, here, yeah. and then Dylan, and it'll be back to me. You know, I am just going to take Tricycle Man, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I thought I might get him for number five. Yeah. I'm really glad you did that because I would have felt pressure to get him. And I don't want him. I don't think he's the best <laughs> pick for me, at least what I need to draft. I like how we're like assembling a team. Are these people going to like fight each other? <laughs> what are our teams going to I'm trying yeah. to get like a wide variety of characters. And yet none of us are picking the... The assassin. I was going to say, I, I dare somebody to pick Kenny. I absolutely dare you. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, this rewatch, I had like more que- Not that it's worth dissecting the plot of this movie at all, but I have questions about our friend, Kenny the Assassin. Uh, How long is that in the violin case? He wasn't even planning to be there. Like, it, he, he just showed up at the concert because he chased Mr. Green from the funeral. So, like... Did he come to town to do? I have I have a lot of questions about okay. his his whole thing, which you know, not a good thing. All right, Dylan, your final yeah. two picks. Oh, is it final? I thought we get. We're doing five no, each, no. right? Yeah, five. We're just so doing you got our top two five. more, Dylan. Yeah, just oh, five. doing our top five. Yeah. Okay, so I got Maven, I got Opal, I got Green. It sounds like a, a game of Clue. <laughs> Does favorite opal and green? I'm okay. Starting off, I want to get Hal Philip Walker. Okay. okay. I thought you. I thought you might do that. Yeah. Um. The the ba- the most based character in a yeah. <laughs> in Truly. Where, where's the BuzzFeed article? Is uh. Is Hal <laughs> Philip Walker based? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was so convinced I'd get Albuquerque, especially as I'm from Albuquerque. Nope. And thought you guys would leave that one on the speaking table of, for me. Speaking of speaking of um call it, speaking of big pick drafts, um like I am of the opinion, I mean you gotta draft who's the best person to draft. It's not like of course you're gonna take somebody else's pick. Like it's not personally offensive to take someone else someone wanted that's how drafting works anyway yeah. think about that in the last draft and there's lots of fighting about like how could you take that from me because it's a draft and it's a game <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do oh my god who got who got albuquerque nick i did that just real. i'm really i i think i'm down to my final draft. i i given what i have left I can't not have Michael Murphy on my team. Triplet. A triplet. Triplet. And uh, what a what he's a, also a big he's a, another big scumbum. I was gonna this. say what a list. Um, I have the scumbum team. Um, is he? You, you, dude, you do have like other. I mean, Hal Philip Walker. Though. Other than and, no, Mr. Green. Green. Mr. Green is not a scumbum. No, it's, it's, I, it's I, I have four guys. Player. I have four guys in a Nashville draft that. I you think do. was a mistake. Um, I should have gone Albuquerque earlier. I just swore I would have. You have surrounded poor Mr. Green with just a real <laughs> group of rough folks. Um, um, the, the thing is, Michael Murphy's probably my favorite 70s actor. Sure. It, it's like 
Michael Murphy's like the the um, oh fuck, what's his name? Who's the guy from all the Ford movies that I was making fun of? Oh, uh, oh Wade. Wade. I kept. I want to say Wade Boggs. That's not nope. fucking right. <laughs> it was Wade Boggs. <laughs> I like how you decided you were the guy's biggest fan, and now, like, a month later, I can't remember his name. Um, Ward Bond. Ward Bond. Ward Bond. That does sound like Wade Boggs. Um, Michael Murphy's like the Ward Bond of the 70s, who's worse, and I love him so much. Who's worse than this? Is, is Triplet worse, or is Dell worse? The Ned Triplet's worse. You think Triplet's ba- worse? Baby's just this, like... Um, I would say Beatty just doesn't give a shit. He doesn't really know what's going on. But, like, Triplet is actively the one putting uh, Suleen in the position where she needs to strip. Yeah, that's true. Like, he's a a terrified motherfucker. I could argue he's the the worst character in this movie. I would say Barnett is the worst. Barbara Jean's husband. You think so? I don't think. I I think he cares about her. I don't think he does. You don't think he does? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm like projecting, but I I feel like he he just always puts her in terrible situations. He like wants to leave her at the hospital to schmooze with this other woman. Yeah. Um. And I, then I he, th- he, he, he tries the, to come the... off so like sanctimonious, like oh she's out there crying real tears. It's like no, she's not. She's like <laughs> she's having a manic episode. I yeah. I see him more in the Ned Beatty character where he's just as kind of like a. A, like a suck of a man, like a shitty husband. But yeah, but yeah. like yeah. I, I think Evil. what Triplet does is like he is actively the one, ma- like he's creating the machinations for like all the most disgusting things to happen in this movie. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But and it's interesting though because he's working but, but, but for Halfway Walker, who we all agree is based, based. Mm-hmm. But he is Michael Murphy, so I, I will I will take him. I love Michael that's Murphy fair. too yeah, much. Yeah. All right. So my last pick. Yes. Oh wait, can I switch it? Can I? I'm, I'm gonna switch. If you switch mm. to take the character I'm about to draft, I'm not gonna take a character. Can I take Elliot Gould? That'd make me happy. <laughs> uh, uh, it depends on what Janet drafts. Because <laughs> if she takes one of my other picks, then I was gonna draft Elliot Gould. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I was not considering. I forgot. Elliot I'm, I'm looking. So Wikipedia has it set up that like it has all 24 characters, and then. Right. Below that, at the bottom, there are cameo appearances by Elliot yeah. Gould. Yeah. I've got, I've got three that I'm debating for my last pick. One was Hal Philip Walker, one is Elliot Gould, and, and, and one, one is, is we'll see if Janet picks the one that Janet's about to yeah. pick. Yeah, which is... presumably. I mean, I don't know actually if this is who you would. Oh, you know what? Oh, I have two. I have. Should I swerve here? Don't do it. Imagine if your swerve is what Nick is actually wanting. Yeah. That's why I'm saying don't do it, because I think it is. I can just sense it. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to pick the assassin, who <laughs> I really want to have on my team. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm taking the opposite of the assassin. I'm taking Scott Glenn's character. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. What, does uh, he have Glenn a name? Kelly. He's, apparently he is Private Glenn Kelly. Um, but he's the interesting okay. thing is, it was so long for me that I thought Scott Glenn was the one that was going to kill it's, it's oh, set wow. up. It's he's, set up like yeah. that because he's so obsessed with her. Like, yeah. And I, I, for some reason, I like when I when they did that shot where you can see him from the stage. I pictured Scott Glenn's mm-hmm. face yeah. on that shot where you you know how your memory mixes shit up. So yeah. when I started realizing, like, oh wait, no, yeah. it's that guy. Yeah. 
well, yeah, we'll tell you that that guy, that actor who plays Kenny, like, where the, the fuck did he go? This and like he doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia. The switch yeah. he flips from seeming like such kind of an, I mean, he's a little bit of a creeper, sort of showing up at the house Cre- or yeah. rental room, but he has this sort of like kind, affable demeanor, and then like as you get into those closing moments and like the expression on his face changes, it's upsetting to watch. Like mm-hmm. also, I, I mean, I, I know he's kind of like a, a, he's a bit of a weird creep, but like compared to every other man, including most of the people that I drafted just now, like it just doesn't even compare to like what some of this, Until like the even Tom, starts, yeah. even Tom yeah. calling up married women and begging them to fuck him. Yeah. Like, he doesn't click for you until it's like, oh. That actor, David Hayward, has not been anything that I'm noticing offhand, but he's been like kind of steadily doing, you know, a few episodes of a TV show uh-huh. or the occasional movie here and there. All he's right. he's in uh, a TV show that's in pre-production right now, in the pilot anyway. He's in a movie called Mayfly that's been completed. He's like a bunch of shit that I've never heard of, but he's still, you know, bouncing around there. He was in the Toby Hooper movie, Eaten Alive, so good for him. Work for, work with the greats. That's what they always tell you. He was in you. Chips. He was in uh, some episodes of Dukes of Hazard. Dynasty. Sure. The 80s Twilight Zone. So he's been, he's been doing stuff. The 80s Twilight Zone. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my final pick. Um... Dylan, I'm going to give you Elliot Gould because I'm going to take Mary. Oh, okay. So I've got two thirds of uh, Tom, Mary, and Bill, Bill, Mary, and Tom. Yeah, I just her performance while he is singing the song. Yeah. Is can so can we good. draft now the the looks of the women as <laughs> Tom is singing "I'm Easy"? Yes. I mean, it's uh, Linnea still number one for me there, too. Um, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, do, do I... I, I might take Opal second, though, Actually, because she is so us... convinced. Opal is so convinced oh, that, it's that about song her. is about her. Oh, it's so, the look... Yeah, when he's like, for someone who might be here tonight, and she's like... like does She's like, like, like God like, damn yeah. it, I did it. I yeah. fucking did it. Each of us got uh, one of the three women who thinks it's about them. Yep. Also, I feel like L.A. Jones sort of thinks it's about her, too. Yeah. Even though it in no way would it, it be. It, it, it literally, like, could not be. <laughs> yeah. Um, we left We left some, some good people on the table here. Uh, we left yeah, like, on the table. If, if, if Julie Christie, uh, if I ever meet her and I she finds out that I didn't draft her, uh, I'm going to be upset about that. No one, no one took Bud Hamilton, son of. Uh, I thought about Haven. picking him. He's got. He's an interesting he's got, like, character. One, one kind of. He has that lovely moment it, but it's, when he's singing know, with, and with Opal, and it's like it's a it's a nice song, and he's doing an acapella, yeah. which is like the only time you have that sort of song in mm-hmm. a movie. And then she just like, Elliot Gould. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was tempted to take uh, again a very small part, but. Uh, Connie White, the Karen Black character Connie White, who I, steps I up for Barbara it. Jean, uh, who like is great uh, and beautiful. She but. she doesn't have much of a character, but <laughs> she has two songs, and I'm just like, fuck that. And music, she's man. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> really, all great we know us. is that Barbara Jean hates her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love Barbara Jean's reaction to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. she gets. So I do want to go back to um, oh, Bud Hamilton. Mm-hmm. 
That guy looks so much like Jesse Plemons to me. Yes, he does. He really Thank does. you. Yeah, he does. Very similar vibe. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing was my mom was like making dinner while I was watching it. And she was like, is that Glenn Campbell? And I'm like, no. But given the circumstance, yeah. if this was made it like, been. 10, 20 years earlier, that's totally Glenn Campbell. He looks so much like Glenn Campbell. Yeah. Do you guys know who was supposed to play Haven Hamilton? Or not who was supposed to play. Who oh, was I read who that. he who he offered to play Haven Hamilton? No, but I can't they, remember. The the two dev, or, or like uh reasons that it fell apart. I heard one that there was just like a cast or or like timing issue. Mm-hmm. Um but then in one of the other interviews that I saw um Robert Altman says that they basically couldn't afford him because Robert Duvall was just coming off The Godfather. Oh my God. And he was too big. But could you how imagine Robert cool. Duvall? How oh, different see, that, that I, movie that, is. With then Robert I would Duvall love Hayman Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. I would yeah. Be, no offense to Henry Gibson, but if this were uh, he, Robert I, Duvall. I, Henry Gibson's smokes. so good in this movie. He is. He's great. He's, gr- he's great in it. Oh, wait. Hold on. I, I mean, he's supposed I to need to take a pause. I need to take a pause. But he would have, like, it's just a different, like, Henry Gibson is so squirrely, you know? Like, he's so, like, I don't know. If it were Robert Duvall, it would have been a much more, he would have been, like, a scary character, like all Robert Duvall characters are. Ellie, get out. Yeah. Ellie. Is Joel recording from a different room? Is that a different room? get inside. Yeah, I don't know where he is. Dog's up to no good, though. Yeah, dog issues. Could you guys hear Sneaky earlier? (laughs) What I assume was an Amazon package being dropped off. He's getting real mad. No. The room I'm recording in is occasionally wasp infested, and so oh, I have to get Lord. a wasp out of here. Hey, hey, hey. Wasps freak me that? out so bad. What? Is that a different room? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm staying at my aunt's again. Um, oh, oh, all right. And this is like an office which um, the garage is right here, and it's supposed to go farther back, but they took half the garage and made it this office. Oh, sure. But there's a wasp nest somewhere in the walls oh, that we can't find. God. Um, mm. And I guess if you kill wasps, they, uh, they give off pheromones to get other wasps attack. Cool. So what I have yeah. to do is open the door to the outside and like shoo it out. Um, <clears throat> it's fun. Sometimes they, they fly at you and things get interesting. Do you guys get uh, scorpions? No. Oh, I stepped God. on a scorpion my first day here. Holy shit. It was dead, but so uh, gross. But Man, yeah, so many people in this movie aren't alive anymore. Yeah, I mean it's a fifty-year-old movie. I don't know, like that's not that surprising. <laughs> but just like we still got Lily Tomlin, got like, Lily Tomlin, you know, I, uh, and Julie Christie. Scott Glenn is somebody that I look up all the time because I always think he mm-hmm. died, but he's oh, I was convinced. I was convinced Scott Glenn died. Scott Glenn's still around. Um, he's great. Jeff Goldblum's still alive. Well, yeah, there are the, um, there are the characters who were like in Shelley, their Shelley Duvall's 20s. Still alive. Somehow, some way, Keith Elliot Harding Gould we, is still alive, in, uh, given all the drugs and shit Elliot Gould's probably done. Throughout did we his already talk life. about this? The fact that like two weeks ago it was Elliot Gould's birthday, and people on social media oh, were yeah, just posting yeah, context-free photos of Elliot Gould and like gave me a heart attack. Which like, yeah. you should not the post context-free me. photos of a beloved older actor without making it clear that it's their birthday and not that they died. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. I guess you're right. I guess maybe it's like a, a half and half scenario. There's still a decent number of people. There's just, there was like a run where but, I kept clicking yeah, on Ned, people. Ned Beatty just died Ned like Beatty last just summer. Just died. Yeah. Um, 
Jer- is Geraldine Chaplin? She, still- yeah, she's still around. still alive. Oh, she's she's only seventy eight. Um, oh, she's like still like she was in the Crown recently. Apparently playing oh, Wallace really? Simpson, which is hilarious. Oh, that's right. Um, she was only in like one episode, but yeah, that's right. Um, huh. she, she's who, in who recently Jurassic died World from the right King? stuff? No, the. Sorry. Oh my God, you're right. She what? is in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Okay, sorry. Yeah. It's because it's because of uh, Jay B- Biona, I'm guessing, because she was in uh, the orphanage. Oh, so he must right. Have just correct. Been, like, calling up his his usuals. Um. Now you're making me look. She's great in that. She's in a great little creepy scene in the orphanage. I like that movie quite a lot. Yeah. Who died recently? I mean, from the Sam right Shepard died a few years ago. Uh, oh, that's who I'm thinking. Sam Shepard. Yeah, I think that's, so. yeah, yeah. Sam Shepard died. I knew it wasn't Fred Ward. Fred the Ward. right no, stuff Fred is Ward. the other. Fred Ward did just Fred die. Ward died just like died. two months yeah. ago. So it is I Fred know, Ward. but I'm, I, I didn't mix up Fred Ward with Scott Glenn. Okay. But yeah. I, I do mix up Scott Glenn and Sam Shepard. Um, have you guys ever read any of Sam Shepard's plays? No. I have not. They're good. Um. Yeah, I know that they're like super, super um, respected, but I, I have yeah, not. Yeah, Wait. I've read two or three of them, and they're great. Yeah, I that's like one... what he's most known. Yes. like even more so than acting, he's like a playwright. Him and that's um, weird. who's our buddy? Um, oh, uh, Tracy. Lutz. Tracy Lutz, yeah. Yeah. Him yeah, and Tracy yeah. Lutz are like more accomplished playwrights than they are actors, and they are both great actors. Oh, that's yeah. right. Uh, Sam Shepard did True West. Uh, true, yeah, true. Which is West, a play Fairy that gets Child. adapted all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did. That's sorry. one of the ones I've read. It's great. Yeah. I wanted to mention that just before I had to get the wasp when uh, Nick brought up uh, Duval. Um, I'm going to quickly skip ahead to uh, what I watched this past, um, I don't know, two months since we recorded. But um, I saw the movie Tender Mercies, which is sort oh. of Robert Duval's mm. uh, yeah. country. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he sings, he, uh, I think he had an original song for the movie, and it's fucking good. It's real fucking good. Yeah, like, if you're missing one, the Robert Duvall uh, country movie from Nashville, because he wasn't in it, uh, just go just check that out. And he won the Oscar. He won the Oscar yeah, for it. That's, that's all I know about it, is that that's what he, that he won the Oscar for it. So yeah. y- You know how they're always, like, rigging who gives the presentations to mm-hmm. the person? Yes. Yeah. Um, or at least sometimes, I assume they were rigging. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah, they, no, they, but they try. This time it was Robert Duvall was against four British actors this year, and they brought out Dolly Parton to announce the Best <laughs> Actor Award. And it's like, come on, you yeah. know exactly what you're doing. Would have been very funny if it was one of. Well, it's like I mean, the 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 biggest one is the the year Scors- uh, Scorsese finally won Best Director. Yeah, it was like, and they brought out Spielberg, Spielberg and Lucas, and Coppola. All the boys. Yeah. yeah, and like, and again, what if it hadn't been him? Like. <laughs> I, I know that they, like, they knew it was going no to be. No one was going to win it that year. It what? was a bad year, and it was Scorsese's moment. Yeah. Like, what What year? Who else? I got to see who else was up. Like, who would have been, been, been the funniest, funniest person, person for Marty to get just, like, fucking shafted? Um, I think, was Del Toro nominated that year for Pan's Labyrinth? Because that's the uh, only other that, one. That would have been, like, been, like, fine, though. He's he's also a... That, he's not <laughs> one of that no, would have been no, an interesting curveball. It was in your R2 for Babel. Oh, God. Clint. Oh God! Clint, that would have been funny. Uh, Stephen Frears for the Queen and Paul Greengrass for United ninety three. Stephen Frears Sorry, would have been well, the funniest one for them to give it to <laughs> out of that group. Absolutely. 
What what was Fierce nominated for? The Queen. The Queen. The Queen. Fine movie. I forget he did The Queen. Yeah, perfectly fine movie. Um, Fierce is oh, kind of like... R.I.P. to a real the, one, by the way. Sorry. The Queen. Wait, is... The, no, the, oh, I thought you meant Stephen Frears. I'm like, no. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, did Steve Frears just no, die? The Queen. The Queen. The titular oh, role. Yeah. The Queen. <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to... Confusing. I've seen a lot of tweets recently about uh, journeyman directors, and Stephen Frears might be one of our bo- best modern journeyman directors. Yeah. That's his, sick. His filmography is weird. His like, filmography he, is kind of... It's secretly based. Like, <laughs> well, He's got like My Beautiful Laundrette, which is incredible, and High Fidelity, which is so good, so underrated. It, and then like Philomena and Florence Foster Jenkins. I feel like I... Uh, I, I like I those like we movies. Always, I, I was gonna say, I feel like I always try to trash Philomena on here, even though it's like fine. But you, you like always have to go to bat for it. <laughs> I mean, it's not like great, but oh my god, I cried so much during Philomena, like absolute like breakdown. Um, yeah, uh, and Florence, Florence. I'm the opposite. I'm like, it's not like terrible. Florence like, Foster it's... Jenkins is also fine. Um, like, what was Clint nominated for this year? Sorry. Oh God. Gran uh, Torino. I think it was Iwo Jima. Oh. Letters from you, Jim. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was it was Inuritu, it was Scorsese, it was Frears, it was Eastwood. Who was the fifth? Greengrass. Paul Greengrass. The fuck did Greengrass get nominated for? United ninety United three. Oh, that's one of the worst movies ever made. A lot of people. A lot of people movie. really love it. I, yeah, a I lot will, of people really go for I it. I will never watch it. Um, yeah, for good. all of it's the terrible. obvious reasons, but a lot of people really love it. It has a lot of defenders. Um, we're co- we're recording camp. this a week post 9-11, so. Yeah. Um, well, I, like post the anniversary of 9-11. Yeah, so I was going to say, yeah. Um, which <laughs> this year, this because it was on a Sunday, I like didn't even realize it was 9-11 like all day. Um, <laughs> well, it was just like, I don't know, it was Sunday, I was doing my own thing. And That's like, the oh, exact yeah. opposite of experience I had with 9-11 this year. Really? Oh, were you at work yeah. or something? No, I watched a five-hour 9-11 movie that day. Yeesh. No, thank you. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. Um, I would rather not. Um, no, you know I love Paul Greengrass, but in general, I, I love the shaky thing. you were going to say, I love 9-11 movies. But... <laughs> yeah, I love 9-11 Can we draft 9-11 movies? Uh, but I mean, there was, the obvious there first was pick is, is secret the, 9-11 the movie. Cage. No, I was say secret 9-11 movie, oh, Remember oh, Me. Oh, remember Me. Is the yeah. obvious first pick. The World Trade Center, uh, whatchamacallit, Oliver Stone. Is that Charlie? Uh, it's Oliver Stone. <laughs> that, didn't Charlie Sheen do one? Or is that not that one? That was Nick Cage, wasn't That's, it? I think it's Nick Cage and like, jo- or Joaquin Phoenix? I don't know who's in World Trade Center. No, no, no. It's 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 Nick Cage. It's Nick Cage. And it's, uh, who's the other guy? There's two guys in World Trade Center. Yeah. It, oh, it's Michael Pena. Oh, okay. So I'm oh, confused. Right. Michael yeah, Pena it's... and Joaquin Phoenix. What a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sheen did one just five years ago called 9/11. Oh, okay. Well, he's he's a trooper, oh, right? Oh, that's right. It was it wasn't called jet fuel can't it wasn't called jet fuel can't melt <laughs> steel beams. <laughs> Sorry. Well, what's the, there's like a YouTube documentary. Ooh, John it's like uh, loose. In, uh... 9/11. Loose change. Loose change is a famous one. Isn't that a nine eleven documentary? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the big question is is who wants to get extremely loud and incredibly close? Oh, that is a nine eleven <laughs> movie, isn't it? Um, who, Oscar who nominated. <laughs> who wants to get? I'd honestly, I don't. United ninety three might be worse than extremely loud and incredibly close. 
Who wants to pick James Woods's uh, Rudy colon the Rudy Giuliani oh, story Lordy. movie? I forgot that happened. Um, that is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. I feel like the actual answer is another movie that I've never seen, which is 25th Hour. 25th Hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's um, they, the... they covered it on this head Oscar buzz this week, I think sort of timed to 9-11. Um, I'm going to have to watch that at some point. That's a good movie. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at a... At, at a at a, at a list called 9-11 on Letterboxd right now. <laughs> An obvious digression in our Nashville episode to be talking about. Also, well, is it that wrong? Uh, no, Failing I, I, American institutions, yeah, national tragedy, violence. all this. Okay. Exactly. It, it is per, literally today, uh, September Perseverance 18th. in the face of a... Uh, God. Um, someone, so, now, so, now I'm just picturing someone singing It Don't Worry Me after like 9-11 <laughs> happening. Yeah, yeah with... with Rubble Good God! Jesus, Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> Nick, get out. Okay, okay. Some of these movies are directly 9/11 based uh-huh. on this list. Okay, The Report, 25th oh, Hour. Oh, The Report's great. Sorry. Anyway, you, you did like The Report. I'm, I'm, that I'm, was a movie that I'm assuming that's that the, was that's the, the ultimate. Adam, this had Oscar. That's the Adam buzz. Driver Report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Net Benning should have been Oscar nominated. Like that movie. She that movie's good. Um, but anyway, so, it's, it's also like barely nine. It's like the, it's about like torture and war on terror and stuff. So I mean, I guess anything about that is vaguely nine eleven. But that that directly ties back to the the nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. There are some other movies like the Manchurian Candidate remake, the, the Demi one, the, the, de- yeah, the Demi one, which is directly about Gulf War, Iraq, war on terror because of a tragedy. Is Zero Dark Thirty on that list? No, fucking what? insane. That's I mean There's, that's directly <laughs> it's about Osama bin Laden, like. Then it gets into stuff that are like fictionalized, inspired by 9/11, like Southland Tales, something like that. Because like Southland Tales is about like really nuclear that tragedy. Should... Oh but... yeah, I've never seen Southland Tales. Okay, then we get into some interesting stuff. Okay, so first of all, we have movies from the 90s and the 80s on the this end. 9/11 movie list. Which what? Wait, wait, say it... that again. They, we have movies from the 90s and the 80s on the 9-11 movie list. What, what list? Including what website? Rambo, who, who, First Blood, is this and the American rant? Is President. Is this Screen Rant? What's happening? Yeah, this is just a letterbox list. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> is it made by the the lead editor of Screen Rant? I was going to say, I was ready to call out Screen Rant for whatever terrible this list This person's saying like Dua Lipa or something. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Dua Lipa? <laughs> That's a list on letterbox of 9-11. D. Lupa. So... I mean, I guess they just mean movies that like, maybe that, like give them the same vibe as nine eleven. I don't know. terrorism. Okay, movies? so like th- th- those are like terrorist movies or like president in crisis movies. Okay, but they one. came before nine eleven. They are not. But we're gonna go down another rabbit hole oh, no. of movies. I have no idea the connection to nine eleven, and that includes secondhand lions, the Robert Duvall, Michael Caine. Haley Joe Osment movie. Have you guys not seen this movie? I mean, I know what it is, but I, I mean, it came out around 9-11, maybe. Is that the connection? It came out in 2003. I don't know. In the span of my life, that's vaguely around 9-11. And, and my favorite one on this list, the 2019 remake of Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> maybe they mean movies that are as bad as 9-11 was. Maybe that's the connection. They actually have what, a description. What does the magic carpet in that movie do? What did the genie get up to? I mean, good luck. Oh, my God. Hold on, hold on. I, 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 they actually have a description. So, 9-11. 
These are all films about 9-11. Most of them are... (laughs) Most of them are not explicitly about 9-11. Some of them came out before 9-11. However, I posit that all have contributed somehow to the creation of 9-11 in popular culture. I need you to like, here's, I, so one of the great things about Letterboxd is it doesn't have like a, a personal messaging feature, like keep it tidy or whatever. But this mm-hmm. is what I wish you could send a DM to somebody and be like, can we talk what? about Aladdin on your list? I have some questions. I, I just, I just have questions. I would like some answers. Have you guys, guys seen Aladdin? the 1998 movie Belly, the Hype Williams movie? Yeah. I'm familiar with it, but I haven't also seen it. Also on this list, I okay. I just don't have any context where I can make fun of that one. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it came out in 1998. I'm still reading the Wikipedia page for the World Trade Center 9-11? You're reading, you're reading the no, Wikipedia? No, for the Oliver Stone movie, World Trade Center. Another movie <laughs> that I will literally never watch. Um, and I don't know why I'm reading the Wikipedia page, because it's just like, when this building collapses, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Who, who <laughs> wanted to watch this movie? I don't know. Seems like a bummer. I see the phrase medically induced coma. Oh, boy. Yeah, so sounds good. <laughs> um, good Lord. I'm going to just send you guys this link. Thank you. Through um, the chat. You guys can enjoy the rest of it on your own. Because right. I just, I just kind of got my mind blown by that fucking So let, going back to my, my question I raised earlier, because this really is sort of my only main question from the movie, is what... What What's his deal? Is his, yes, is, what is his deal? Um, did he come to town to shoot Barbara Jean? To shoot Hal Philip How Walker? long do you think that gun is in his violin case? It's, do you think it's in there the whole time? I think time? it's the whole time. I think so. I think, I think, yeah. I think it's so. so I would say so, too. Yeah. I listened to the commentary oh, okay. and wrote down what um, Thank he you. says about this. Like, Thank a little you. bit of what he says about this. It is not going to clarify ah, things uh, too, too much. <laughs> okay. So he, he's talking about like them planning for the movie, and he says, we need to have an assassination, a political assassination. This is about politics in America. And then he, he says that somebody actually, like, there was a woman, he, he wouldn't say who it was, but who was like a producer or somehow working on the show. And she was so mad about that that she actually quit, and she tried to get Jones to, Joan Tewksbury to quit also. Oh, I was going to say, was it Joan Tewksbury? <laughs> was going to be my guess. No, for- no. It, they, they tried to get her to quit, that too. Because and, she was so mad about like, Barbara Jean getting shot at the end? I don't know if it was Barbara Jean specifically or just somebody being shot yeah, that it, at all. Yeah. And and he even points out that like this was not like celebrities getting assassinated. Was not This was pre-Lennon mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. shot. Yeah. It was very unusual. And he said after uh, Washington Post... Uh, uh, the Washington Post actually called him after Lennon was assassinated, and um, you, they asked him, "Do you do you feel responsible for this?" And he said, uh, "His reply was, no. Don't you feel responsible for not heeding my warning?'" Oh wow! Oh which, shit! Damn, Bobby. Which, which like, if you're Got gonna ask, like ask stupid questions, like, yeah, that's sorry, Washington Post. Yeah, like, it's the Washington ask, Post. Also, don't ask the dumbest fucking question like, I've ever heard. John Lennon was not shot. On stage performing at a like you know what I right. mean like is the the Wikipedia says it's predated but eerily mirrored what be the murder of John Lennon and I'm like the murder of John Lennon is entirely Someone different shot him from in front of his what? house yeah. like after having a personal yeah. conversation like it's so different like yeah yeah that's yeah it's, a, goofy. it's a stupid question but then more of the quote he says uh, these people are not assassinated because of their ideas or what they do they're assassinated to draw attention to the assassin and political assassinations 
they're in their sort of warped minds. They know what they're going to be. Uh, they know there's going to be a certain amount of people who say that son of a bitch should be shot. They're killing somebody who's in the public eye, who's some sort of an icon. By doing that, they draw the attention to themselves and make themselves consequently important. So that's what I think it is. Okay, is it like so he's just sort of this... like your modern aggrieved shooter, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah. He's just shooting someone for the sake of attention. Um, retroactive. It is incel interesting. Kenny the assassin. Yeah, it is interesting that they have it be one of the singers and not Hal Philip Walker who gets assassinated. Yeah. I think I think that's the only way the final number from Albuquerque lands. I think it doesn't work as well if it's not also a singer yeah. being assassinated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it feel I also feel like it ties into uh Barbara Jean's like character with like her struggles and everything it's and it's not like that she's portrayed as necessarily like paranoid or anything but it does kind of show mm-hmm. that like yeah no she's she's, she's right to be stressed as, like, out the, she's doomed she's doomed <laughs> yeah, it, yeah 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 and she kind of knows it yeah it, it starts with her sort of emerging from this medical emergency she collapses almost immediately it, it feels especially on a rewatch like it feels just super inevitable which is one of the things that makes it kind of a hard watch is because you just feel like she's marching toward this inevitable yeah. same thing with Suline, where you're just like yeah i know what's gonna happen yeah. to you so w- with Suline, though i think it plays it where it's not as like you think she's gonna you think the bad outcome is that she's gonna get booed and she does but not for the reason why yeah. well not for the reason that you would anticipate you think that she would get booed because she's a terrible singer mm-hmm. um and that's not why they don't care about her singing at all right yeah but I, I think Wade brings up a lot of good points that, like, the whole movie, he's like, they're going to take advantage of you. Like, you're very pretty. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you need to realize what's going to happen. And then it, it does. Very. Yeah. And he's the only one who's, like, even after the, all that horrible stuff happens to her, he tries to tell her, like, you're not a good singer. Just, like, let it go. Yeah. You'll be better off. And she, for whatever delusional reason, won't listen to him. Mm-hmm. She's got a dream. Yeah. It's just so uh, how like that, that town like sort of warps everyone's mind into being like, so star focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to mention one other thing from this controversy section, which mainly is about how Barbara Jean predates and causes John Lennon's murder. But what a weird thing. I guess one, so, oh, well, sorry, one final note on that. It must just be kind of like you were saying, Nick, that this was just such a rare event at the time Mm -hmm. that like any sort of a famous person is shot felt similar and now we just have so many shootings that we can be like they're totally different types of shootings whereas then (laughs) any shooting was the same anyway all right more more controversies um okay so it says the film was widely despised by the mainstream mainstream country music community at the Mm. time of its release many of the artists believed it ridiculed their talent and sincerity Altman felt mad because felt they were mad because he chose not to use their music in favor of letting the actors compose their own material. However, he stated the movie since has become popular in the city among more recent generations. So I'm curious to get your guys' opinion. Do you feel like it is mocking people from Nashville? Do you think it's mocking this uh, country music scene and uh, it's ridiculing their talent and sincerity? I don't. Th- I don't think so. Overall, I think. 
like the character of Haven Hamilton is a satirical take exactly. on sort of like a jerk mm-hmm. country singer. But I, I think everybody else, I mean, I think Tom, Barbara Jean, like I think everybody else, you're supposed to respect their musical abilities. And um, yeah, I, I don't. Do you respect Lily Tomlin's musical abilities? I respect her. Just you personally. I, I, I just want to know I your respect, opinion. I respect Jana. her energy. Um, <laughs> I, I her energy it. in that studio is wild. It is. It's great. Um, she also like has the reaction I would have like at the end of the movie, like when she kind of is oh, of dazed. Oh, course, she's the only and, empathetic person. And she's there. like dazed and kind of like goes off, and you know, <clears throat> yeah, has, has the the reaction that I I think feels like a human reaction. Um, mm-hmm. But I but I don't think it's making fun of her. I think it's I think it's satirically poking at the Haven Hamilton character. Um, but that's I don't know. That's about it. I didn't think it was mean. Yeah. So here's what uh, Molly Haskell says in her write-up for the Criterion booklet, which is now out of print, but it's on their website anyway. Uh, She says, Nashville brings together all that we now think of as Altman-esque, a wry embrace of the flora and fauna, the flotsam and jetsam of America that is gently satiric without being judgmental. And that's sort of how I, I yeah. feel like it's it's poking fun mm-hmm. a little bit, but it's not it's not that mean, and you can tell that there's like uh, like admiration for I think it goes both people. ways, and I could see how some people that are actually living in it could be a bit uncomfortable with some of the portrayals. I do think, um, besides Haven, um, what's the character's name? Connie. Connie White. Yeah, is she the one that. Yeah, she is the one that takes over. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that can be seen as pretty mocking and pretty derogatory because it's like, oh, she's all flash, you know. I guess I just think she's I I think she's just portrayed as like I think she's portrayed that way just to sort of get at Barbara Jean's insecurities and like their rivalry. No, it's true. It's um, true. But I don't know. I guess again, maybe at the time it was seen as like a super harsh takedown, but it does. It seems very gentle now. Like it, it does not seem judgmental. Yeah, it, um, it, it's not like a Christopher Guest exactly. movie. Although this does have like sort of with with its big. Like you're just mm-hmm. fl- going in and out between different groups of people who are goofy in their own ways, not in the same way they are in a Christopher Guest right. movie. But it sort of does feel like a precursor to those types of movies where those take it to the extreme. And here it's like, I guess, sort of understated. Mm-hmm. At least I, I get it's almost show. like the Christopher Guest stuff is so extreme that I don't feel like anyone could really be offended by it. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like this is almost a little too a little real. Too too, real. Too some real. Yeah. I can see that. Um. I, I I can't imagine any of like the theater people I knew in high school being offended by like waiting for Guthman or something. Yeah. Um. What 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 is our modern uh, Nashville? Is it is it Don't Look Up? Don't look up. Yeah. Is that is that our modern Nashville? In <laughs> why? J- Jana, I, <laughs> how do I describe? <laughs> she took her glasses off. She's rubbing her eyes. Uh, like, oh God! Um, someone just said the stupidest no, thing that no they could have said. No one makes movies like this. The thing is, no. I really think Adam McKay is trying to be our, our Altman. That's upsetting. Is it's he? upsetting, but is it is it untrue that he's trying to do it? <sighs> There's got to be. There's got to be someone else. Because <laughs> I was watching this and I was trying to imagine, like, what would, 
like what 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 from nowadays is uh would be a Nashville sort of movie and I was like it's probably don't look up. Don't look up has like too much plot. Okay, yeah, fair, don't fair. don't look up as like a full story. Because I think that's part of the thing with the Altman movies is you have these large ensembles, and they each have their own little stories. But there's rarely, you know, there'll there'll be maybe an incident that ties it all together at the end, like this, and then Shortcuts has something similar. Um, but I just I. Maybe people just aren't allowed to make movies like this anymore that are... They don't make them well, like you used to. I mean, so I mean PTA is done. Say, I mean, like you want to go... Yeah, you want to go back 20 years in Magnolia, like, you know, that is... That's he, this, He's that's kind of shied away from trying to be an Altman or a Scorsese anymore. He was very much leaning into that at first, but yeah. I don't think Phantom Thread or... Yeah, uh, I think he's found his own. Yeah, kind he's of found way. his own thing after after doing yeah Boogie Nights being kind of a Scorsese ish and uh, Magnolia obviously being, Magnolia a, being Altman, a Altman. Yeah. Um, Did you guys see that this movie had has the most Golden Globe nominations for a single film yes. in history with eleven? Yes. Did you see how many people Is it all from this songs? movie? Well, it's like seven 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 it's, best original songs. It's, there was only one original song nomination, and it was the only win it got as well. But it's all there was, performers. There was four nominated supporting actresses, right. and none of them won. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned this. I This is like a trivia fact I've just always known, that this holds the record for Golden Globe nominations. And it is just because when you have the, like, uh, and I think at the time they had, oh, you know what, though? In supporting, they don't break it up into comma comedy musical or drama so that's mm-hmm. actually crazy mm-hmm. um, yeah it is in, in the category there was six nominees the only non-nominee from nashville that didn't win was lee grant and shampoo and the winner was brenda vaccaro for jacqueline susan's once is not enough um, if you have not clicked on the wikipedia link for jacqueline suzanne's once is not enough to see the movie poster please do so i saw the poster okay. i saw the poster okay. i'm doing it right now <laughs> please do so um it's a trip. Hmm. <laughs> if you can see the poster, it's a and sex movie. Nicks. It's a sex hmm. movie of some. I mean, Jacqueline Suzanne's a romance novelist. Um, I, I cannot believe I saw Brenda Vaccaro was nominated for the Oscar too. Oh, um, is Jacqueline Suzanne like not a character? Is is no, this like author. um? It would be like saying like. Uh, is this Michael the Crichton's... precious based on the novel Push by Sapphire? It, well, it would be like, like it would be like if it was called like Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. You know. Yeah, but it's so weird to actually have that as the title. I know. Um, Do you guys know what the new, the, the up-and-coming uh, Pinocchio is called? The full title is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Well, yeah. I mean, Lee Daniels. Are you shitting Lee, me? Lee Daniels, that's is, awesome. Lee Daniels is the butler, right? Like, you know, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Disney's the but kid. But that's a director, at least. Sure. This is... Disney's The Kid is another good one. I mean, these are all those are these are oh, all yeah. like copies. The one with Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's called Disney's The Kid. Oh, that was a childhood movie for me. Um, they tried to call it The Kid. You just and sent me back. They tried to call it The Kid, and Charlie Chaplin's like estate sued. G- Ger- Geraldine Chaplin was like, no, <laughs> pretty much. No, Fuck we, you. We've licensed the word. And I will say, so the, the and by the way, the, the reason why Jacqueline Suzanne's name is there. Um, is because I mean this was about a decade after um, Valley of the Dolls, and so that that's why they're trying to be like, huh? Remember Valley of the Dolls? That was a big deal. How about yeah, yeah, how yeah. about Once Is Not Enough? L- less uh, less culturally relevant that one ended up being. But it's weird that this ended up being nominated for drama and not comedy or musical. 
in Nashville. Are you shitting me? I mean, it makes sense, but you would think that the studio. No, that's a bad. That's would've... a bad call. This is a funny movie and a musical. Like, what? Didn't bad call. Not not to bring up this cursed reference, but didn't they run Bohemian Rhapsody in drama so that Green Book because Green Book was, that was in comedy funny. and Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. was in drama instead of musical. Green Book was in comedy. Isn't it? Yes. Isn't that? I'm not. Don't that don't you up, remember right? when Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody won the best picture? They both won best picture the same night. Man, on the Golden the, Globes, and I was like, the, this award season is going to be bad. That, that, that was right. It's going to be so bad. How are the Actually, Globes that was the still? first Big Pick episode I ever listened to They're because going. I was so mad about those Golden Globes that I like yeah, Spotify Bohemian. searched if anyone was talking about that awards show, and I was like, oh, the Big Picture Bo- podcast. Bohemian Rhapsody uh, won Best Drama, and Green Book won Best Musical or Comedy. Like, it's just, yep. it's just I mean, two, two terrible movies to be sure, but like, it's just so funny that that's the way those divided out. Like, yeah, these people are wild. I mean, he does fold a pizza in half, so that was pretty <laughs> funny. I laughed a lot. I love it when he does yeah, that. Yeah, me too. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> do, <laughs> do you guys um, see that? Um, okay, so the the supporting actresses, Ronnie Blakely and Lily Tomlin again. Barbara Harris is Albuquerque. Geraldine mm. Champlin is Opal. But then also on the supporting actor side, Henry Gibson for Haven yeah. Hamilton. Nice. Got, got a shout. Wild. No Keith Carradine? No Keith Carradine. We got to talk about Keith, I'm Easy. Keith Carradine got nominated for I'm Easy, and I think they were like, that's, his. that's what we're going to nominate Keith Carradine in. We're going to nominate uh, uh, Henry Gibson for supporting It's actually wild instead. to me that Barbara Harris got in. I mean, I think that's great. I think that's so cool. But yeah. like, her she part has is so such small. a weird role. Yeah. Yeah. It, the whole movie, she is almost like she's a, just kind of in the background until, but then she she's gets, like a mantelpiece. But then like, she gets that kind big of moment going at between. the end, and so the fact that she gets that moment after kind of being the weird thing in the background where she's trying to like run away from her husband and stuff. Yeah. It's some good shit. That's that's some good it's, shit. It's good, yeah. She's sort of like the Jeff Goldblum character where she's just like sort of woven in between like the tail end or the tail be- or like the beginning of a scene. Mm-hmm. And yeah, nothing's they're, ever they're really, basically... really focused on her much until the very end. Yeah. Her, Goldblum, and uh, the the presidential candidate yeah, are basically yeah, yeah. just uh, like Ozu like the pillow scene shot. transitions. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're basically pillow shots through all the, the through the whole movie. Sorry, but yeah, I'm Easy uh, is great, and I also love uh, this scene with Keith Carradine and Lily Tomlin uh, after that. Yeah, that scene's so good. It's a great scene. Yeah. yeah. I she, love like, the te- scene with uh, uh, Lily Tomlin and, yeah. and Ned Beatty after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I just, uh, obviously, the, the dynamic where he Keith Carradine expects Lily Tomlin to be just sort of like every other woman he's hooked up with, and mm-hmm. she's not. She's got her own deal. <laughs> going on like like this was fun but i actually have my life um i got kids at home yeah i got i got shit to do um i i do like that yeah good good scene good characters good movie yeah good movie are there any other major moments or things we haven't touched on i think we've pretty much covered all the did we talk about uh the murder at the end we did talk about yeah, the murder at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Remember this led to the nine eleven conversation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. I mean, it doesn't we don't I mean, I guess it's supposed to be that she's dead, but uh 
I assume she's it's not confirmed. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not confirmed. We can we can imagine. I bet she, she made it. Better. I hope so. But does I bet really. she's still performing. The last thing we hear is just I think it's her husband I saying can't I can't stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Like oh god, yeah. Ugh, lord that ending. It's a terrifying line. It's upset, upsetting, upsetting ending. Um, but great movie. Yeah, you guys got uh, Ebert quotes. Yeah, I've got mine pulled up already. All right, you can go. So this first. is. He says, uh, Robert Altman's life work has refused to contain itself within the edges of the screen. His famous overlapping dialogue, for which he invented a new sound recording system, is an attempt to deny that only one character talks at a time. His characters have neighbors, friends, secret alliances. They connect in unexpected ways. Their stories are not contained by conventional plots. Which is, I guess, not yeah. just about this, but it is. Mm-hmm. like it's, it's most of his filmography that I've seen anyway, but it is very much about this movie. Yeah. And then I'm, and then the, just right after that, the concluding section, uh, where he says the buried message may be that life doesn't proceed in a linear fashion to the neat ending of a story. It's messy, and we bump up against others, and we're all in this together. That's the message I get at the end of Nashville, and it's never failed to move me. Um, very quick. Speaking of that being the message he gets at the end of Nashville, um, the the line I wanted to call out from the beginning where he refers to, he says, and even the smarmy country singer, Henry Gibson, who, when the chips are down, acts in the right way. <laughs> Excuse me? Roger. Excuse me? Yeah, Ro- Roger's takeaway from the ending of Nashville is that when when things get Haven serious, Hamilton. that Haven Hamilton Hera. was right, and that it's uh, we're all in this together, and, and that's... That's what matters. Um, and he has like another line too. I want him to like review Oliver Stone's patent. Or not patent. Oh, fucking hell. World Trade Center? No. What's JFK? His, what he the fuck is JFK. his Vietnam movie? Not patent. Platoon. Platoon. I've got to oh. hate myself. Um, and be like, oh, we're, this movie means we're all, all in this together. together. Yeah, but no, just that line, when the chips are down, he acts in the right way. I was just like, that is not my takeaway from the ending of Nashville. But... I don't think that's what Alman was trying to say with that that scene, but okay. Did you have a quote? Um, I went, yeah, so underneath the song, the romance of politics beats the darker current of political assassination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to skip a little bit in this paragraph, but it just says, we begin to focus on two young drifters. Um, when Barbara Jean sings at a riverboat concert, we realize Chile and Lee, both of them on the front row, standing side by side. Is there a threat? Which one? That is more of the message takeaway I get from yeah. Nashville, which is like, we are falling apart. Society is becoming truly threatening. Very much a Vietnam feely movie. Mm-hmm. Very much a 9-11 movie. I mean, this is a 9-11 movie, guys. If the American I, president and Rambo are 9-11 movies. Really what it is, is a, um, a bicentennial movie, right? Like, it's a lot of this stuff that was happening right around the bicentennial, and people were feeling weird about America. Um, and Th- this is that. this is just like a JFK assassination to the end of Vietnam. There's a whole like yeah. bicentennial idea in between that, mm-hmm. which is absolutely we're falling apart, and this is just another movie saying that. And the fact that he gets the idea that this is a movie about like Forrest Gump-esque, we're all going to be okay together yeah. and live happily ever after is fucking crazy. Well, I think, when would this review have been written? It says 2000, I think. Okay. August 6, 2000. That's a real, so that's a I real guess, 90s pre-9-11 takeaway, I think. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to say, if this was, 
this this might confirm more or less that this is a 9-11 movie. Yeah. Because if this was written post 9-11. I think you'd have a different, yeah. Also, this is, he wrote this review three days after my fourth birthday. Oh, so there you go. That's interesting. Yeah. I was just a youngin' when he was writing about Nashville. Sure. <sighs> All right. All right. Stars? Oh, thumbs up. Oh, yeah, thumbs. Thumbs are up. Thumbs are up. Dylan? Jana? Thumbs up. All the thumbs are up? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many stars? Dylan? I'd go between a three and a half and a four, and I wish I knew what Jana was going to say already so I could do the other one. But I'll tell you. I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll a, I'm, a, I'm a three and a half. Oh, good. I was going to go for yes. Because I'm also sort Easy of in between, so we can yeah, sort of yeah, average yeah. ours out. Cool. Yeah. Definitely a four for me. Yeah. It's your movie, Nick. It's a good movie. Uh, Dylan, what have you watched recently? I actually made a list. So I, I was going to say, did you I, I probably should. I'm kind of looking because it's been a while. I, I, I thought that would at least get it to go a little faster. I have 12 movies that I want to briefly talk about. I guess I talked about one of them already. So, uh, two of them already. Okay. So, um, I started off with, um, at the end of August, I watched a movie called August in the Water. Oh. Like this movie. Is that a recent movie? It's from 95. Okay, no, then it's not the one I'm thinking of. No, no. okay. What am I I mean, it's kind of recently in in relation to, like, Nashville or something, but... Are you thinking um, of The Hottest August? Yes, I'm thinking of The Hottest August. Thank you. Okay. It's The Hottest August. That was from last year, the year before, documentary? 2019. Yeah. It's a movie about, like, August being really hot. And, like... Oh, it's a climate change movie. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, No, August in the Water. I I watched this movie. I thought it was pretty excellent. Um, I don't think I was as high on it as some of the people that... I would like was like that got me excited to watch it on Letterboxd. But I think it's very much more of a Jana movie and a Nick movie than a, mm. than a Dylan movie. Um, it's about, oh, how would you describe the start of this movie? Um, a girl meets two guys. It's a, it's a Japanese movie. Um, and basically she has a tragic accident. Uh, she goes into a coma and will later wake up. And you understand that there's sort of this comet that is important. Um, people's intestines are petrifying from some unknown disease. But it, it's this weird sort of like high school buddy fantasy movie about these people trying to understand why things are happening the way they're happening and why this tragedy might have uh, struck. And... I don't know. It felt much more like a Nick or Jana movie than a, than a me movie. Uh, I there, I watched a bit of a Doris Day marathon on TCM one day, and the one I wanted to shout out from that was Michael Curtiz's Romance on the High Seas, which is just a really great... Um, it, it's sort of like a people get mixed up. Uh, people think they're cheating on each other, but then they come back to each other sort of movie. And so it's got this really nice Curtizian sort of, uh, you know... Uh, comedy and romance and stuff but then it's also a busby berkeley musical Hmm. so in between all this great rom-com stuff we get like just the most insane and awesome musical set pieces you could ever imagine um great movie doris dates i believe her first movie oh wow Mm. uh so highly recommend that i saw the aisao takahata movie only yesterday in theaters on the ghibli marathon uh, that was sick. I cried like a little baby. Uh, Kasia and Alex can both attest to that. 
of them like having to like pat my back as I like crying my fucking eyes out at the end credits. Nick, you've seen this movie, correct? Which movie? Sorry, I was looking at something. I heard Takahata, but I didn't hear which Only movie. Only yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked yeah. about this. Uh, I, off, I thought we did. I thought off we did. mic. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the ending's pretty damn good. It's got an interesting, um, it, it, like a Japanese cover of a famous American pop tune at the mm-hmm. end, and I, I always like it when they do that. Nice. Um, big Jana movie. Jana should watch it. Someday. Yeah. Um, this is the one that I bought and I said I bought it at Target because I saw it at Target. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Target, how'd you get this? <laughs> you shouldn't be here in Target. You should come on with me. <laughs> Why aren't you at my house? I uh, I did a double feature with Cassia where we actually didn't kind of lucked into this double feature, but I called it the Lost Man in New York double feature with me showing her Michael Clayton and her showing me Scorsese's After Hours. And... That was a pretty damn good movie night. Was um, that the first time you saw After Hours? This was my first time seeing After Hours. This was her oh, first time seeing Michael Clayton. And what, this, what, a, what a pair of pictures. Yeah. What a fucking pair of pictures. And both of them were pretty successful of each other showing us, uh, throwing, showing each other these movies and that they're being like, damn, that was really good. That was really, really good. I haven't seen After Hours, but that sounds like a stressful double feature. Um, oh, we, we needed to take our blood pressure. Yeah, that sounds stressful. Both of it's, those movies. It's very um, good time ish. Of it's just one night where things get worse. Mm-hmm. And worse. Right. Yeah. They get worse in ways I never would have expected. <laughs> um, also, a movie I feel like is pretty Janet-y is After Hours. So. Yeah, I'll, I, I, that's been on my list for ages. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, I watched Tender Mercies. Mentioned that. I watched a movie called The Mummy. But not the one you're thinking of. I'm talking about what is actually thought of. Uh, it is actually also called in the actual letterbox title is The Night of Counting the Years. Everyone knows this movie, right? That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> it's a 1969 Egyptian movie. Yeah, the Egyptian movie from... Uh... 1969, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a movie set right before the British colonial um, takeover of Egypt where these there's a... a Egyptian clan that basically has these secret mummy tombs that they go and rob to sell trinkets and uh, stuff on the black market from them. And uh, the leader of this clan has just died and his son is given the ch- the task to like take it over. And he's like, why the fuck am I like taking heads of mummies off of people and breaking into these uh, tombs? At the same time, while he's trying to figure out whether he needs to do this for a family or not, um, uh, like a group of Ottoman and French archaeologists are coming, trying to find the tombs and excavate it and steal all the stuff themselves. Uh-huh. It's really damn good. Maybe it's a great, just a great movie. So I'm Manchurian Candidate. Mentioned that. Oh, but I guess I did mention I rewatched that um, one with Cassia. Um, we showed each other another sort of double feature of Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant movies, I showed her Notorious, which she yeah. was a bit cool on. And I was, I, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to review that soon. And I, I really think that's my favorite Hitchcock movie. Um, and then she showed me Indiscreet, which is not a movie I was very familiar with. Mm-hmm. The Donnan? The, yeah, Stanley, Stanley Donnan. Uh, that was a blast. Great movie. Um, just full of so much goddamn drama. And there's one moment 
at like the end of second act where like the quote unquote crisis is supposed to happen you realize something i like literally jumped out of my seat and gasped i was like are you fucking kidding me great stuff uh go watch uh indiscreet you can't go wrong with Cary grant ingrid bergman and stanley donan um i also showed Cassia the fugitive this past week that's a great movie Jenna like my letterbox yeah, review. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, good movie. Pretty happy with that letterbox oh, I didn't, review. I didn't see your letterbox review. I was pretty happy with that letterbox review, although I did forget to mention something I did want to mention. But um, just such a, it's, it's an hour and 12 minutes or something, or two hours and 12 minute long movie. Is it that which, long? That's what I say every time I it finish like the movie. It feels t- like such a, t- it, a tight thriller. Yeah. I'm like, that's a tight 90. And it somehow is two hours, 12 minutes. But like, that's how good... The script is, that's how good... There, there's six credited edit, ed, editors on this movie. And I think that's important to mention because this movie is tight, tight, tight. And uh, Tommy Lee Jones on this movie, guys. Was that your impression of uh, Tuco from Breaking Bad? <laughs> sure. <laughs> like I'm um, tight all the time. Tight, tight. Tight, tight. For some reason, I've said... When you said Tuco, I was like, wait, from Good, Bad, and the Ugly? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tommy Lee Jones is just so good in The Fugitive, but we, we should also talk about Harrison Ford in that movie in the same sentence, because I think this is Harrison Ford's best performance. And lastly, uh, last night, I decided at, like, pretty late to watch a movie called This Much I Know to Be True, okay. and just in the darkness of night, watched Nick Cave perform some of the saddest fucking songs I've ever listened to in my life. <laughs> and it was the best fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> It was so good. You guys should watch it. <laughs> is it so? Is it a concert doc? So it's. Uh, have you seen um, one more time with feeling? No. No. Okay. I've seen once more with feeling, many times. <laughs> That's. I really, I really want to see once more with feeling. <laughs> um, so the, the, there's this is basically a sequel to that movie. Um, they're not really concerts. They uh, take up a warehouse and they basically just perform the album straight through. On this case, they, it's two albums and they abridge them a bit because otherwise it would get too long. Um, but they sort of connect it with sort of interviews and um, scenes of like Nick Cave doing pottery and him talk. Do you guys know about the Red Hand Files? Do you, do you guys know about the... So Nick Cave has a website where you can just like ask him questions and he'll like write pages and pages of responses to the ones he wants to answer. Um, and th- there's a bit of uh, him answering red hand files on, on the movie. And so it's not like they're not performing a concert to anyone, but there's ha- it's half performance and half sort of like investigative documentary into like someone's mind in this specific moment. And, uh, this is the Andrew Dominic movie we should all be watching this year. It's really good. Cool. Cool. Uh, Jana, what did you watch? Um, I'll just go really quickly. Not that much. Um, I watched a trio of new 2022 horror movie releases. Um, two are on streaming, one in the theater. Um, I watched Saloom, which is on Shutter, which I do definitely recommend. Um, really cool thriller super visually inventive uh kinetic movie 
it kind of slows down a bit in the final act when it, it gets into its the horror parts of it because you watch like that doesn't seem like a good part to slow down yeah in. i mean you watch the first two-thirds and it is just oh like, this movie this movie looks sick. yeah it in it yeah this this movie i'm excited to it's see. cool it's, it's really around. really fun and i'm i might be being a little too harsh on the ending i think just because the first two-thirds were so good um, and then the actual ending itself is great um but it's yeah it, it's set in africa i can't remember where it starts but like there's a coup going on I'm going to sneeze. We love a coup. Uh, excuse me. Bless um, you. There's a coup going on, and this, like, tri- trio of, like, mercenaries have to, like, get out, and then they there's a problem with their plane, and they have to make this emergency landing in the Saloom region of Senegal, and they end up on this, like, what's essentially, like, a commune, where it's like, hey, we all, it's a collective, you can stay here, um, we have rooms for you, but you'll be assigned chores, and, you know, we're all just, like, a nice little collective. And then, of course, you realize that all the various people who are there, they all have secrets, et cetera. Um, and then, like, some really crazy stuff happens. And so it's really fun. Looks great. Streaming on Shutter, definitely recommend. Um, the other movie that I streamed, I think it was also on Shutter, is called Off Season. Um, that's the one that has uh, Joe Swanberg in it. Um, it is... Who made this movie? by a guy named Mickey Keating. Mickey Keating. Yeah, it stars Jocelyn Donahue, who uh, is the the lead actress from uh, Ty West's House of the Devil, which is what I know her from. She's pretty great. Um, And then, yeah, Joe Swanberg is in it. Um, It also (laughs) has uh, Melora Walters and um, Richard Brake, who is in the next movie I'm going to talk about as well. Um, But it's essentially like this little tiny town and this woman you know her mom has died and there's like a problem with her grave and so she has to go to this like tiny vacationy island to see what happened but it turns out on this island like it's only open for spring and summer essentially and then when it's uh-huh. the off season they raise up the bridge and they're closed for the off season um and so she gets it goes there on the last day of the season is trying to get off the island and uh very spooky things occur um, so it's fun. It wasn't like great, um, but it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it and it has a pretty wild ending, which was good. Um, and then I did see Barbarian, went to the theater to see that. Um, it rolls like it's, I, I feel like it's getting so hyped, which is not yeah, what I yeah. was expecting. Um, cause I saw the trailer and I honestly saw the trailer and was like, I don't know, that looks like more scary than fun. I, I I'll just catch that on streaming. And then all the reviews were like, gotta see it in the theater, gotta see it immediately. This movie's wild, you know, go in blind. And so I made a point to go see it in the theater. And it is wild, and it is fun. Um, <laughs> and like, I I'm have, gonna try to catch this later this week. I have like a very we'll specific comment I wanna make about the movie. Um, but I just literally can't because, like, talking about... It seems like there's a lot of spoilers because of didn't spoilers. the big picture episode, they were just like, look, we're going to have to talk every yeah. detail through this the movie. Big and pic- I was like, yeah, okay, I need to go the see it The big pick episode is hilarious because they basically do in that episode... Uh, Nick, have you listened to the, the Book of Henry episode of Blank Check? Yes. The best episode yes. it's the best, ever right. they basically, of any podcast That ever. episode is, is, yes, agreed. Um, and they, that's basically what Big Pick does for Barbarian, except for not because it's a bad movie, but just because they're like, this movie is wild, and Amanda, we're going to tell you what happens, and you won't believe us. They, that's basically what they do in their episode. God damn it. Now I'm going to re-listen to the Book of <laughs> Henry episode. <laughs> um, but Barbarian, like I said, the, the trailer is... 
one of the really great thing about that trailer is it does like it shows you exactly the right amount. It's not like I complain all the time about like the Cabin in the Woods trailer, which gives away all the twists in Cabin in the Woods, which is super infuriating. Um, Barbarian doesn't do that kind of thing. Um, not that it has the, the twists in the movie are not similar at all. That's just another movie that I, you know, the trailer is a little bit dicey. Um, but it's great. Um, the girl who plays um, the main character, Georgina something. Um, her name is Georgina Campbell. George. Um, she's great. Uh, Bill Skarsgård's really, really good. And then the sort of third build actor is Justin Long, who's really great and everything. Um, yeah. Fun movie. I can't wait until pe- more people have seen it so I can make my very goofy joke about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, when, you, when you said Georgina something, I almost said, Isn't, is she related to the girl from Her Smell? And then I was like, is that her last name in it? And it is, and I should have gone with it. It's a Becky something. Oh, something. Oh, yeah, Becky something. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one. Um, but yeah, I do, I do recommend. I think I, I'm worried that the hype's getting a little bit too much for it, but it's real fun. Uh, very much enjoyed it. Um, and then it is one of those movies I kind of hope the hype. It feels like stays. this year's malignant, like yeah. just the horror movie. Everyone's like, you gotta see it. It's this, crazy. This, this is the hoot horror movie. It is. Do you think, world. Janet? Janet, do you think it is better or worse than malignant? It's better than malignant. And I love and I, I love someone- malignant, but it's better than. Malignant. I saw someone's review that was like good movie, but. People that are saying this is—it's this year's *Malignant*. Shut the hell no, up, *Malignant*. It's, so much this better. Is way, so I was this curious is way better than *Malignant* to me. Um, okay. Gabriel. Maybe movie. I'll watch *Malignant* and this in the Malignant same day. I'll try to double feature. So... Oh, you haven't seen *Malignant*, Malignant yet? Is oh, no, no. Malignant I haven't. Is such a blast. *Malignant* Who, what's is the, so there's a there's a name you keep saying for *Malignant*. Gabriel. And I keep... Gabriel. Yeah, okay, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to figure out who Gabriel yeah. is. Um, what a yeah, fucker. *Malignant*'s a blast. It's not like a great movie, but it's a lot of fun. Cool. There, there are choices. It's James Wan, right? So, like, there are choices made in that yeah. movie that are insane, and you just—he's a very competent filmmaker, and so I think he's doing it on purpose. Like, you make certain aesthetic choices and genre choices. I just love James yeah. Wan. Yeah, uh, *Malignant* is is a really, really fun movie, but I think *Barbarian* is a is a better film. Um, it's it's similarly crazy. Nothing is as crazy as *Malignant*, but like it, this 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 is really this is <laughs> it's this is close. Um, but I. People, people should check it out. Um, it's, it's scary, but it's also very funny. Um, and then the final movie is what I went and saw in theaters yesterday, which is Moon Age Daydream, the David Bowie yes. documentary um, by what's his face? I just don't know anybody's names today. The uh, Brett Morgan. Yeah, Brett Morgan, uh, David Bowie documentary. Saw it in IMAX, and it is big and bright and loud and like it's very elliptical um it is super it's non-narrative it's like not it's barely linear um it just sort of shows you clips and images and songs and things from david bowie's life and it circles back to stuff and it sort of follows him around and he's you know giving interviews and stuff but it's entirely like there's no talking heads there's no context there's no nothing it's just bowie footage do you interspersed did you feel like Johnny Flynn captured his essence. Forgot about that other movie that existed. Uh, what was that called? Uh, was it Starman? Starman, I think. I, I feel think, like it yeah. was Starman. Just like the laziest that was title. So you should have called David it Aladdin Sane. That would have been uh, great. A David Bowie biopic that, from what I understand, did not have any music in it. Was, it, it was a Jackie Drump Chomp situation. Are you serious? It was 100%. <laughs> there was a Jackie Drump Chomp. It was a Jackie Drump Chomp. Uh, Janie Jimplin situation. Um <laughs> 
Like like that. Nick, do you have a? Sorry. What were you say? I was gonna ask Nick if he had a top five David Bowie album list. Album? Oh boy. Uh, let me think. Ziggy. Oh, Star I just noticed your hat is Miami Vice. Very. I, I was, I've been, I was trying to show it off earlier. Really I, nice. um, oh, sorry. But... Stardust is going to be in my number one yeah, for sure, mine, and then too. probably Hunky Dory. Low. I don't know. Let me think. Yeah. What? What? Mention this because actually, uh, Jana men, and Stephen and I were on a chat last night. Um, the chat from when we were reviewing uh, Top Gun. How how did that chat get started? I, I messaged Stephen, and I don't have a, a, a sorry. You got dragged into a question I wanted to ask Stephen because that's the only way I knew how to message him. Hi, Stephen. Um, he commented on a super old letterbox review of mine that was like almost a ten year old letterbox review or or seven year old, and so I messaged him to be like, "Hey, why are you watching that random movie tonight and commenting on my letterbox review?" And so we're, we're talking about the canon. Anyway, we got dragged into Moon Age Daydream talk, yeah. and we asked Stephen what his favorite. Uh, his top five, and uh, he did not have Black Star Low or Hunky Dory in his top five David Bowie records. And I wouldn't have Black Star in the top five. It's a good album, but I I wouldn't have it that high. Um, I really like Lights Dance. I feel like that's maybe not like the coolest opinion. No, I I'm with you on it's, that. It, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Um. Oh, but anyway, anyway, <laughs> I highly recommend this. And then maybe uh, probably Aladdin Sane. Yeah. I highly recommend this movie. Um, it's it's very immersive. It has a lot of like, also images from films and things. Like it shows a lot of like it has like a lot of like two thousand one a space odyssey in it and like clips from like vampire and like other things. I, I think it's it's trying to sort of show like oh I'm watching vampire. This it's week. kind That's of fun. like, you know. <laughs> It's, it's, it's both showing sort of things that David Bowie influenced and things that influenced him, and it kind of, like, mushes it all together. Um, it is, yeah, and saw it on IMAX, and it was just, there, there's a couple scenes that are so loud that it was, like, kind of too much, but I think that was on purpose. Um, it also kind of, it, it meanders to its ending a little bit, but again, I think that's the point of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild, wild stuff that I'm really glad I dragged my, I, trying to go this movie theater that i have to go to now since they closed my main movie theater i have to go to an amc at the mall and like i hate it i hate it 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 took us like 25 minutes to find parking in the parking garage i just was like but i was like why i hate this like i (laughs) but then the movie was good and uh, it was worth it to to schlep out to that imax uh fake imax but (laughs) imax to see it it was it was same theater i saw nope in um so yeah. Oh no! Nope. Great movie. Yeah. Also good. No. Also good to see very loud on a very big IMAX screen. Um. But yeah, that's that's it. That's my movies, and I have five minutes, so nice. I'm gonna have okay. to rush yeah, through movies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rattle through real fast. It's been like two months since I've recorded. Fortunately, a lot of what I've been watching is just the X Files. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> also, a lot of what I watched was uh the five and a half hour baseball game that happened yesterday. Oh my the, god, best baseball game of the year. The well, fucking 15th inning. It was the stupidest baseball game I've ever witnessed. It, it was what's just better, like, that or the Mariners-Yankees game that went like 14 innings and no one could but, score? Yeah, this was just like two two offenses being just like just completely incompetent for an entire <laughs> baseball game's worth that happened after the first part of a normal baseball game. It was the <laughs> second game of a doubleheader. Anyways... Uh, so I've, I clustered everything that I worked in into different groups. Uh, the last group, unfortunately, is miscellaneous. 
<laughs> so um Love it. first group is new movies so nope I, I caught up with nope that's a cool movie i watched after yang i didn't like it as much as i felt like i should mm. on paper i definitely yeah. didn't uh connect with it as much as uh columbus i liked it but that's um, kind of the vibe i've gotten from a lot of people like it's yeah. good, but the hype from columbus kind of got them down on after yang yeah i i liked it which for um me with how that movie looks on paper and how much i like columbus is kind of a letdown uh we watched green planet i don't know if i talked about that when like i'd started it on the show but it's uh, david attenborough's newest series mm-hmm. um it's like blue planet or planet earth only it's just about plants and they use like um time-lapse photography to make love the time lots yeah. to make yeah to make plants look like they are like more dynamically yeah. moving it, it's fucking wild like it's it's incredible shit that they do um i caught up with petite maman which uh the only downside to that is that they don't have uh uh dubbing so that my five-year-old could watch it because i think she will love it when she's able to read quick enough to get subtitles mm-hmm. uh incredible movie um so good uh, I watched Prey, which rules. Very fun. Nice. Very fun. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is another, like, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I know a lot of people like Jan. I know you're a Sorry. huge fan of it. Which my one? brother, Everything Everywhere All oh, at yeah, Once. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, My brother, too, was like, it's one of my favorite movies that I've seen in years. Mm-hmm. And I, I I enjoyed it. There were things I liked about it, but I didn't, like, emotionally connect to the... I'm posting the, our catch-up review. Oh, yeah. The Michelle Yeoh drama. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious for Nick's reaction to my he doesn't like it i gave it three stars yeah i i think that's another one where i mean and i don't know i'm not saying that you guys you guys are having like biased opinions or anything but that's another one too where i think the hype was just like so bananas that i i don't i don't know how you can watch that movie after how anything the hype. Would live up to yeah. yeah but like i said i didn't have any hype because i just don't like the director so like yeah i feel like i went in with the right um, I didn't get my expectations too high or anything. Yeah. Um, I watched Crimes of the Future. I bought this new chair called Sick the, movie, Bre- right? the Breakfaster, <laughs> and it's uh, not as comfortable as I thought. <laughs> not really? The Breakfaster. An- another uh, great ending of a movie. Yeah. Uh, this yes. year with an ending. Um, we watched two of the three uh, Whit Stolman, so Metropolitan, and I didn't realize that Barcelona was next, so we watched Last Days, Days of Disco. Both of those are great, yeah. I can't wait, I can't uh, wait I to hear what you think of Barcelona. That's Matt's favorite one. Um, okay, that's Cosio's favorite as well. Because yeah. I liked Last Days better than Metropolitan. Nothing against Metropolitan. I just It sounds like you're knocking Metropolitan. They're like, it sounds like they're you're not a big fan. both perfect. It's a piece of they're shit. both perfect movies, so it's, it's yeah. fine. You can, you can prefer either one. They're both so good. Yeah. And Barcelona's like a... Look at it's it's an A instead of an A plus to me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my take. Is <laughs> Barcelona your least favorite of the three? Yeah. Okay. Aha. Yeah. Um, I watched a bunch of Hong Kong movies. So Full Alert, uh, the first of the two, uh, th- first two of the three election movies, um, from Beijing with Love, Zoo Warriors, uh, which is just like the craziest fucking movie I've ever seen. I want to see Zoo Warriors so goddamn bad. I did. It looks did, awesome. Didn't understand like a, a minute of that movie, and it's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Time and Tide, which is like not quite as um, out there as Zoo Warriors, but it's still it's it's not actually Zoo Warriors. It's Zoo Warriors from the Magic Mountain. Ooh. So yeah. yeah, it's like magic nice. and shit. Did you like either of those more than Green Snake? Uh, mm, 
I don't know. The the thing that Green Snake has going against it for me is that I watched like a shitty rip of it as opposed to like Zoo Warriors and Time and Tide were like Blu-ray releases. So I think Green Snake is still probably the best of the three, but it's tough to say. Um, sure. And then I watched uh, Mahjong, the Edward Yang movie. Also, <gasps> on a sh- where'd you uh, find Mahjong? <laughs> uh, YouTube, really shitty rip. Uh, very good movie. Mm, interesting. Um, Zan- uh, I watched Zhang Yimou's Red Sorghum, which I think is his first. It's either his first movie or it's his first movie with Gong Li, um, which was really good. I watched a million um, uh, Bergman movies because I think I'm down to three left in that box set. Hey. So Cries and Whispers was definitely the uh, the highlight of the ones that I watched. Cries um, and Whispers invents shades of red that I didn't know could exist. Yeah, it's one of the best uses of red. Like that and Red Sorghum both are like mm. very very great uses of red and then i watched uh the verdict which we might talk about more next time because it was mm-hmm. uh, another uh sydney lomat movie designed for a living which i can't believe they did that shit in the 1930s i rewatched liberty valance that's a cool movie mm-hmm. uh shall we great movie shall you we watched dance? it the same day i did it i oh really yeah yeah um i'd seen it before oh, I didn't but put I, that I wanted on my list. oh I, I watched liberty valance since we talked um yeah. best movie of all time yeah uh shall we dance good dancing movie itself is it's all right and then uh, <laughs> out of the out of the blue which is uh linda mans and dennis hopper that movie's fucking nuts uh it it uh goes to some very upsetting places but i, I really liked it um so uh yeah plowed through those because jana's got a heart out two minutes ago That's all right. so uh, thank you to Scott Brady for our artwork. You can find him on Instagram at art underscore by underscore Scott underscore 92. Mm-hmm. On Instagram. And you can find us on Letterboxd and Twitter at Great Movies Pod. Mm-hmm. And next week we are talking about Sydney Lumet's network. network. It looks like it's not streaming for free anywhere that I can find, but it's rentable at all the usual places. It's network. It's a famous movie. You know what it yeah. is. You've probably seen it. Have you guys Mad seen as it? hell. I have not. Oh, so you're about to get mad as hell for the yeah, first time. Yeah, I'm excited. You're not going to take it I'm anymore. I'm not going to take it anymore. All right. Uh, Roger out. Roger out. Roger out. Look at Go that. get brunch. Roger Is it brunch? It's brunch. Is it brunch that it's you're brunch. doing? I love brunch. I do too. And I put, I'm, I'm normally, I can stop recording now. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person, that to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.